This is Jason. And Richard. And you're on Fire in the Hole. Episode 16. Yes, episode 16. And uh, this one is uh, pretty straightforward, I think. Yeah, we talked all about Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yes. We went to see it for the second time today. Yeah, this is how much we love this podcast, right? (laughs) I mean, clearly we wanted to see the film again, but we got to see it in its uh, full majesty last week. Mm Mm-hmm. Perhaps the week before, last week. Last week. And then we just decided, like, yeah, we need a refresher. Yeah, we went to go and see it again today and recorded a podcast uh, while it was still fresh. So, um, spoiler alert. Yeah. This is all about uh, Star Wars. So, if you haven't seen the film, don't listen to this episode. Right. <laughs> Although, to be fair, uh, we, we go into the origins of our Star Wars madness and yeah, talk a bit about the prequels and what you know, all the horrors... Yeah, so basically the first hour we talk about the original Star Wars, uh, what it meant to us as kids and all that stuff. If you're not interested in that, <laughs> uh, skip forward about an hour into the podcast and yeah. uh, then we talk uh, the nitty gritty about The Force Awakens. Yeah, so get ready to, uh, to, to yell, at the, yell at the podcast <laughs> and to disagree and to have opinions and to also uh, be subject to ours. May the fire be with you. May the whole also be with you. (laughs) The Phantom Menace was 18 months ago, Tim. I know, Bilbo. Okay, just, it still hurts. You know, that kid wanted a Jar Jar doll. Kids like Jar Jar. Why? What about the Ewoks? Hey, they were rubbish. You don't complain about them. Yeah, but Jar Jar Binks makes the Ewoks look like fucking Shaft. I've had enough, Tim. But Bilbo... Fuck, I know how you feel, right? I really do. But this can't go on. What are you trying to say, Bilbo? I'm going to have to let you go. Phew! (laughs) I thought you were going to fire me then. I was like, phew! Look at that. So, what did we do today, Richard? Uh, we went to go and see uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Again. Again, for the uh, second time. Yes. And we decided to podcast while it's still a little bit fresh. So, everybody keep in mind, spo- major spoiler alerts. If you haven't seen Star Wars The Force Awakens, shut the volume off right now. <laughs> shut yeah. the episode off right now. Don't listen any further because we're about to go deep. Deep we're, into the Star we're Wars gonna universe. Go deep. We're going to go deep. Um uh, the fact is, we're probably not gonna try to um, get philosophical on it just yet, and we're not out to spoil the details on this movie. But we will be talking about it um, in a way that would require some watching. So you know, there's your uh, trigger warning or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to offend anyone. In case you haven't seen the film yet, uh, get your shit together. That's it. Yeah, go see it. It's a great time. Yep. Yep, no matter whether you love it or hate it, that's one thing I think I haven't heard yet is anyone saying like that they uh, they, they uh, regret having seen it. Yeah, you're not going to walk out of the theater and be bored. Yep. I don't yeah. think. So Richard and I were thinking that maybe a good way to preface this whole thing is to maybe just say a couple of words about what Star Wars means to us, uh, which I think is an important thing to establish because uh, it's been 
several decades. Yeah. Right. And then we're all kind of having this conversation communally, uh, everywhere from 15 year olds to 55 year olds mm -hmm. uh, to 65 year olds and all commenting on the movies in the same way and, and debating what is Star Wars, what isn't. But I think it's very age uh, centric, isn't it? I think pe different people interact with the franchise differently. I mean, when when we were we were we're old enough to remember the originals, like the originals, and like when they were coming out, too. Sort of. Like, well, like, I certainly wasn't old enough to go see. I, I was born the year that the first one came out. Right, and they came out like what every two years after that. Every or two three years, yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, so by the time Return of the Jedi was out, I was maybe five six years old yeah so that's not even our generation yet no our big brothers i think and our fathers would have been in the in the heart like literally seen it coming and the hype and for sure well if we didn't go and see it in the original in the in the theaters but we were peripherally aware of it yeah we were caught in the blast yeah as we we're kind of toddlers right yeah yeah everything bathed in star wars and this was at a time where you didn't have all kinds of home video and home theater and all this stuff i think Actually, Star Wars was one of the, I think, the first movie I ever saw on, like, VHS. Really? So it kind of blew my mind. Yeah, Be able to watch a, it. And it wasn't at our house. It was at my, at my aunt's house. Right. Yeah, because... They had a VCR. And, like, the VCRs were, like, 1200 bucks or something exactly, at the time. Yeah. Exactly. There was, it was not even just, like, the technology being so new, but it was literally a matter of your income, mm -hmm. whether you got to bring any of this stuff home or not. For sure, yeah. Movies used to be like it was all about going to the theater, and it was a huge, it was a huge deal. Yeah, I remember that same aunt would take me like once a year on my birthday to go and see a movie in the theater, and it was it was a huge deal. That was the only time I would see a movie. Otherwise, you're just watching like Saturday morning cartoons and stuff. <laughs> but we certainly were born into the era where I think by the time we came of any kind of age to to watch and to um, scrutinize we were told that this was the greatest thing that ever happened on the silver screen, right? Yeah. Like we didn't, we weren't sold by, the, we didn't have to like, we didn't go in there and weigh it. And there weren't a lot of movies coming out at that scale either. No. Were there? Um, that period of time, um, I'm trying to think here, the big blockbusters of that time. Christopher Reeve, Superman. Yeah, that would have been probably the nearest thing. Uh, and you can tell because the musical score is almost the same yeah. as, as Star Wars. Yeah, it is. Um, you know it because my kids, when they sing, they get them confused. I get them confused. Right? Yeah. I'll start singing one and then I'll start off with Star Wars and I'll end up somewhere in Superman. I'm like, what the? How did that happen? Yeah. You're like, da, 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 da. Uh, is that Superman? Like. Da, 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 not still Star Wars. No, Star Wars. Orchestral um uh William John Williams. John Williams. Yeah, yeah. That 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 clearly had an impact. But yeah, Superman would have been the other huge event. For sure. But when you, you put Star Wars in context with like Zartas <laughs> something. Jesus Christ. You know, they were colossal pieces of shit coming out. Right. And what they were able to do with Star Wars was just it was amazing. Even like they they just the fact that they've aged well yeah. is a huge accomplishment. Yeah, no, he uh, what Lucas did was he really I mean, I think he doesn't understand it himself. Yeah. Right. Well, clearly because he made the prequels. Yeah. 
But I mean, if you know the lore a little bit, you know that uh, some of it was accidental, mm -hmm. but some of it was very purposeful. Like he was a huge student of uh, of um, philosophy. Of um, I'm trying to remember the name of um, the philosopher that he was really. He basically was a. He had studied myth, okay, to the core, and mm -hmm. he built the story according to Joseph Campbell. I think it was. Uh, where he built it on the principles of what makes a story, what is the Christian, Judeo-Christian narrative, mm -hmm. what is the mythical, even beyond Judeo-Christian, like what is the Olympi Olympus, Greek gods, what is at the core of myth? And he's like, I'm going to do that, but in space. Right. And then incorporated a bunch of stuff from uh, Westerns that he saw, which explains the deserts. Mm -hmm. You know, he would have watched all those spaghetti Westerns. Um, all those like uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the Star Wars of, or like the entertainment, the cartoons of his day would have been those matinee movies and those westerns. You know, like Johnny Longshot, okay. the Adventures of Two Gun Sammy, and like that that type of stuff. Right. So and and of course uh, a bunch of sci-fi like uh, Flash Gordon mm -hmm. and Buck Rogers. Like, that's what he fed on, and he kind of just brilliantly merged both and took this huge chance. It was supposed to be an experimental film. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you look at it now, it's become the establishment. Right. Every sci-fi of that genre is trying to remake Star Wars. It's true. Very true. So so you're saying the first time you saw it was at someone else's house on VHS? Yeah. That was. Do you remember the circumstances? Like, yeah, it was at my aunt's house. And, and like she was the... They were, we all have the first in the family to get the VHS, right? She was the first in the family okay. to get the VHS. Like the first to get the color TV yeah, yeah, yeah. player. Yeah, for sure. So on VHS, color TV, the you know the whole bit. And, it and was, everyone's uh, huddled around it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was just like witness the marvel of technology yeah. sort of thing. And that, that was the movie that sort of ushered that in for me. Because cool. there was no other way to watch it. And it was New Hope? like. Yeah, it was New Hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you recall what you felt when you saw it? Like it just seemed like magic. It was just uh, I don't know. It was just it was just something new. It's the same kind of feeling that uh, we're getting like a Coleco Vision for okay. for Christmas, which is like wow, what is this? Like it's science fiction. Yeah. Almost, right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's just this whole new thing. Like before, you know interacting with the tv is like a passive experience and now we're like controlling stuff and playing games on the tv it was just like i don't know it was, yeah it was weird it was like the of. second industrial revolution in a way yeah it was a huge deal it was right. a huge deal at the time because we went into the microchip mm -hmm. right i think changed everything and yeah. uh, the automation um, does that make sense automation the automation mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah there we go the automation of factories the mass production um, schemes, all that allowed for suddenly... It was a really... Now that you say it, I do remember that was a big, big concern of the consumer... Like, uh, the consumer industrial complex is this idea of bringing these wonder technologies that you'd have to go to the museum or to the thing to see to bring it into your home. Yeah. Right? Home video was like a huge deal. It was a huge deal. It was a huge... Bring the cinema experience... I remember reading... a. You know one of those old books that you keep in your bathroom with like 800,000 movies reviewed by uh, Richard Roper? Or <laughs> right, right. Uh, 
I remember reading an entry by from an old book that I found at a thrift store, and the entry was by it was like an ode, a love letter from Roger Ebert uh, to the home video. Like he was fully like blown away, and just like to him, this was the game changer of game changers. Hmm. So I think he captured that element, that that sentiment that we all felt. Yeah, it was just an impossibility. Um, and at this point, I guess our TVs were what, like in the 13, 14 inch, 20 inch range at the most. Yeah. Something, something, something like that. Well, the CRT TVs got pretty big. I think it was, uh, those like, uh, like we had like a 27 TVs? inch for like the longest time. Okay. Or something. Yeah. That's a big ass TV. That was, that was a big TV, especially when it's like made of wood and it weighs oh, yeah. like 400 pounds. Yeah. That's right. They were like encrusted in the, in the wooden furniture. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, that's weird. <laughs> so like you had your brothers with you or you'd have been. They your other I brothers. I think they might not. have been a little bit too young to really understand what was going on at, at that point, but I remember just being, I remember just sitting there myself, and just amazed at what was going on. And there was a one scene, maybe it's not New Hope, where like they're they're passing in the spaceship underneath a planet. Um, you know, it's like a big. There's a big red planet, and like they're actually they're passing underneath, and I. And it, it was, I remember finding it really bizarre because you'd always see in those types of shows, like the planet is always underneath and the spaceship is above. Above. So it was like this, like flipped upside down. I was like, oh yeah, I guess that, that's a thing. Like that's that could possible. happen in, yeah. in space. See, it's weird. I have no memory of when the first time I saw Star Wars. Hmm. I have no memory of it. I just know that it, it made me draw furiously. Okay. And I would continually draw. I don't know if you did this. I would draw like X-wing and Tie Fighters, and just like draw lines between them as they took each other out. And okay. I would like recreate <laughs> these space battles, where in fact in New Hope there was never like a fully fledged Tie Fighter versus X-wing fight in it. Right? There's like the trench run, mm-hmm. and there's ships flying around a little bit. But mm-hmm. I, I would was obsessed with the Tie Fighters. I remember I thought they were really bizarre but really cool. Mm. And then the X-Wings and their, the imagery of it, I think, is what really struck me. But I don't recall the experience of first having seen it. But clearly, I mean, like every boy and girl, I would even say, um, it had all the, all the elements to make a boy completely insanely for excited. Sure. I think I was too young to really understand what was going on for the most part. So right. I remember kind of bits and pieces. Right. You know Darth Vader was a bad guy. Yeah. It's bad guy, clear. good guy. The troopers are clearly, they're all frowning, so they're clearly bad guys. They're all like, they've all had a bad day. Right. Yeah, just visually speaking, even if you were to watch it without the sound, it's it's pretty clear what's going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like Luke is fresh-faced enough and blonde enough and, uh, you know, to be, to encapsulate the, like the boyhood hero, Mm -hmm. whatever the, the boyish hero that we can all get behind and uh, to see him then make that you know torpedo shot at the end like it was just it's beautifully done of course yeah um what i don't recall i recall empire which is often stated critically as the the most beloved one because it's got the dark undertones and some people even go as far as saying that return of the jedi is when the shark was first (laughs) possibly jumped um with some i've heard that said yeah um but i remember empire actually scaring me specifically when he gets his hand chopped off yeah like it ended in such a bleak way no film i think ever 
dared to end things on such a sour note. Mm-hmm. And it was rare to see the protagonist in such a bad position. Both of them, right? Yeah. Like Han gets carbon frozen, yeah, taken back to Jabba, mm-hmm. like just cold caught and frozen. Yeah, there weren't a lot of like dark series at at the, at the time. You know, now we've got all this like oh, weird dark darkness dark porn. <laughs> yeah, all over the place. You it's know? uh, it's heroes dying at the end. It's heroes dying at the beginning. Yeah. It's it's Game of Thrones, uh, Dexter, all, heroes you know, being like, monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back but, then, I, no such thing. It was very black and white. Yeah. No, so uh, specifically like the way Luke looked too. He was so uh, that's hard to say. The way Luke Luke looked. The way Luke looked. Luke looked. Look, look. <laughs> the way he uh, he and now of course later we find out that <clears throat> I think he got into a car crash or something. Yeah, and that's why he looked a little bit out of it. You know what creeped me out was the that point where he, they have the wrist open with his fake hand oh, and like yeah. they're adjusting that and his his hands like kind of twitching and stuff. Yeah, that creeped me out as a kid. That I was, was like, freaky. oh, gross. Yeah, you yeah, know? and um, I'm trying to think. There was something else about it that was also. Like Lando's betrayal to that, uh-huh. it was one thing about Empire, and I realized this only the other day after having seen it. You know, I after the first viewing of Force Awakens, mm-hmm. I had a hankering, and the first one I went to was Empire for some reason, and I realized that every single, every single shot in that movie is brilliant. Every single frame of Empire Strikes Back is a masterpiece clinic in cinematography. Really? New Hope is is nowhere near as perfect. Really? And Return is close, but it's got too much going on. But the uniformity and the, 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 the integrity of Empire is, is shocking. Hmm. Every single frame of it is absolutely gorgeous. That's why I created that, that um, wallpaper with... I also laughed because when I saw the bomb, the two guys in the walker like blowing up the shield, I was like, "Fire in a hole." <laughs> that's that's me and Richard. <laughs> um, I didn't even realize that's what it was from. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's I, great. It's just one quick shot where the guys like concentrate your fire on the shield generator. Yeah, and I feel like um, with Empire, there there was less. They were trying to cram less into the into the movie. You know, like the first one was like the whole origin story. You know, they had to introduce. Luke is a character, introduce Obi-Wan, introduce every single character, have him kind of like find his way through... Zero to hero. Zero to hero. Mm-hmm. And then with Jedi, you had to wrap up everything. Yeah. And then that middle one, I guess the pressure's off. They can just... Well, Jedi was like... Uh, sorry, uh, um, Empire was like the meditative one, I think, which is why mm-hmm. it was so interesting. Right. Because it still gave you some action but it was a lot of meditation and and dealing with business mm-hmm. so han goes off to deal with his business like unfinished business with, J- with jabba right uh luke goes to take care of his business with yoda take care of his business with uh yeah find out who yoda is and find him and complete his training right mm-hmm. and then leia to a certain extent uh is continuing her like she's trying to keep it everything together right and then by the end, they kind of suffer because they split up in a way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because they did. They, if they had stayed together, they could have faced this. But and then, yeah, I don't know. Like Empire was very quiet. 
you got that incredible battle at the beginning, but the hopelessness is set in like right at the start mm-hmm. when you see, I remember that striking me too, seeing all the preparation of the rebels yeah. and how hard they were working and how they were taken apart in 10 seconds. The minute the empire landed troops, they were dog shit mm-hmm. and their biggest cannons were like not even, they were not even piercing, like not even slowing down the, the bad guys. Right. And then they had to get creative with the harpoons. They were just trying to get the fuck out. Yeah. They were just trying to put up enough of a fight to be able to get the fuck out. Exactly. Yeah. There was no like real fight. No. It's like, let's stall them. So we can run. Yeah. And, uh, oh yeah, and Luke catching uh, catching one in the face from that fucking Yeti monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was dark as shit. Yeah. He's like, you actually see blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and he's like mangled and, and he's he almost dies. Like, that's the opener. Right. Yeah. Here's a hero. Yeah. Here's remember remember fresh faced smiling guy that like fired the you know winning shot right. Mm -hmm. Well, he's kind of lost, doesn't understand what's going on, and uh, he's freezing to death, half mauled by a. Is that where they have him floating in the tank? Yes, they put him in the back of the tank, which was weird too. That was weird to me when I was a little kid because we clearly didn't understand what what that was. Yeah. Like, why is he in there? Mm Hmm. But it it was kind of cool. Yeah, somebody let him out. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to drown. Well, you know, at first, I think I almost thought that he was being, like, turned into a cyborg or something. Yeah, because he's got the mask. On. Yeah. Yeah. Which now I think was probably a clever thing that was put in there to sort of the son is becoming like the father. Okay. Right. He's starting to become a machine, too, with his arm being replaced. Right. Um, so I, I'm certain that there is some sort of, um, you know. A poetry, it all rhymes. For sure. <laughs> As Lucas kept repeating during the prequels. Yeah. Every every everything is a is an echo or something. Mm. But Jedi I remember loving Jedi as a kid and then finding out that everyone hated it. Everyone that was old enough, like maybe ten years older than me, yeah. It apparently was reviled by many. Most people I hear that hated it hated the Ewoks. Right. And the like the songs. Like the Yub Yub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which to us was amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't find it as offensive, but right. I guess we weren't old enough to be offended. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't the Ewoks didn't stick out for me at all. For me, it didn't like break the believability of it at all. Mm-hmm. But I guess it, it. And then now I'm starting to wonder if that's the problem with some of the younger fans who are like, I don't see why you guys bitch so much about the the prequels. Like they were okay. And it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they were just at that age where pod racing was actually really fun. Whereas right. we're like, what? what is this bullshit? <laughs> right. What are these kid games doing in our, my Star Wars? And we didn't object to the Ewoks so much because we had a bunch of fucking creepy toys and yes. stuff. Oh, Remember okay. like Gizmo? Yeah. The fucking gremlins? What the fuck was that? You know, like that was coming. That was around the same time, right? That was like mid 80s. They were we we've talked about this when yeah. Carlos uh, Pacheco was on the show like right. there's a lot of weird 80s toys that were not quite What was the talking bear one again? Teddy uh, Ruxpin. Teddy Ruxpin, my buddy. Yeah. Um, we had a, yeah. We had a bunch of weird weird ass yes. looking creepy toys. The uh, Inhumanoids, remember that? Yeah. That was like the most creepy show ever. Alf. Jesus Christ. <laughs> What the fuck was Alf? Yeah, it was horrible. There was like a weird fascination with uh, with weird. Yeah, fucked up right? like puppets. Like how how like was the dark crystal? 
that's it. I think it's the Jim Henson effect. Yeah, I think right? that's exactly what it was. But who the hell conceived of a show with a with like a with like a small person inside of a weird non-defined alien creature in a sitcom and that worked that's i think what really wears me out is it worked because i'm sure there's a bunch of pilots dead on arrival with that with weirder concepts than that and it was successful which is the weird weird yeah, part that's what i'm saying wait yeah. he was a puppet no he, he wasn't I think he was a puppet was when he? you when you could see just like the like from like the bus oh, part. Right, 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 right. And he'd have like uh, like maybe like uh, arms. The Muppet with, arms, yeah. Muppet arms. But and that was okay. I mean, it's weird, but it's okay. And then they'd put a midget in a suit whenever he had to like run out the door or something, or like oh, a wide yeah, shot. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. he looked like an Ewok or something. And then it was really weird. Yeah. But yeah, no, the Ewoks were hated quite. I found out later like that everyone was really disappointed with the Ewoks and that there was some contention that they were put in as a marketing tool, which is always weird as an accusation at Star Wars because that's the other aspect of it that Lucas sort of created. It was, was a, a toy for everything. <laughs> it was essentially a marketing like clinic. Right? Man, the money they must have made just off just off of the merch. Just the figurines, man. Yeah. I remember being in third grade, and um, when I say I was dating, I was calling this girl my girlfriend, and she was calling me her boyfriend, but we were in third grade, so we didn't know. It basically meant we, were, we lived near each other. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I remember she was from a middle, upper middle class family, and... Um, it was a very weird family. I'll get into that some other time. But <laughs> they clearly, her and her brother, especially her brother, got everything that he wanted. Oh, yeah. I, I know the type. The entire basement, they were there were those like uh, the, those hardware store shelves put up, hard shelves. And you couldn't, there was just an endless ocean and like of toys. And 90% of those toys were Star Wars toys, hmm. just as far as the eye could see. Yeah. figurines 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 they had the whole universe all set out set yeah. up like in the like 60 the versions of luke skywalker oh yeah right like tatooine luke fuck those kids man <laughs> <laughs> but no empire is special i really believe that it's the finest of the three i need to go back and watch it um and and you when you're older i think it it gains even more i think maybe that's the problem is that empire was so good and it turned the page into an older, wiser Star Wars so much mm-hmm. that it made the silliness maybe of the Ewoks or the cutesy factor of the Ewoks kind of uh, uh, sort of strange in the third one. Because mm-hmm. at that point, they were everyone was... If you th- look at uh, Return of the Jedi, the rest of the movie is actually just as dark. Mm. Right? You've got Yoda dying. You've got yeah. Luke super in conflict possibly about to go over to the dark side you've got vader the emperor comes into full effect and just oozes the evil all over the the movie and then the the desperate the deflector run. shield will be most operational <laughs> when your friends arrive what a what a genius that actor is man. yeah his name escapes me it's probably ian something mm. ian mick something ian mick something what a, a genius that ian guy. mcshane ian mick mick anyway that guy uh even in the prequels 
yeah. it's just he's just a joy to watch like he the the way he delights in uh, doing that character <laughs> oh i'm afraid like that like like you know strike yeah. me down <laughs> yeah now yeah. yeah. if uh, if if luke if empire was luke's movie you know, with his, him coming of age and finally confronting his fears, then Empire was, uh, sorry, uh, Return of the Jedi was most definitely the Emperor mm-hmm. looming large over it. Yeah. And then finally we have that confrontation that's been building for two movies. And I think the Ewoks were too much for some people. Because hmm. that it maybe made the Han Solo, Leia, Chewbacca, shield generator mission not as dangerous seeming right. Mm-hmm. right and i guess maybe the Japan. <laughs> maybe the maybe yeah i mean i i remember then once i started getting my snarky like like uh teenager years going like wait a second like how the fuck did these little little tiny bears take out these crack troops <laughs> what how the hell what would <laughs> little tiny bears yeah that's essentially what they are they're yeah. little tiny creepy bears <laughs> <laughs> um, that are cannibals apparently, but that's overlooked now. Cannibals. Yeah, they were they they, they were trying to eat. They were going to cook like solo and stuff. That doesn't make them cannibals. Though. But they had little bones and stuff in there, like the they have little crossbones, little skulls everywhere. But they weren't eating each other. No, but it certainly. So there was a strong. Now I'm just realizing this as I'm telling you. There was a strong suggestion that they were. They were about to eat the heroes. Yeah, yeah. They they ate people. Yeah, they were a, a clearly like a, a misguided, sort of naive '80s like, somewhat racist metaphor for <laughs> <laughs> tribal cultures. Yeah, you know? or like pygmies or something. Pygmies or deep wood something. Super cute pygmies. But that have like uh, you know it's it's kind of like to tie it in with that Indiana Jones kind of. I mean, this is the same people making these movies, right? Mm-hmm. But certainly, um, I felt that Returns like closed the box nicely. And yeah. then, of course, I think we were all okay until the special editions arrived, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Is that where the pain started? You think? I think so, yeah. Seeing Jabba the Hutt talking with uh, Han Solo oh, and slither- around. slithering around. Like what the fuck is that, man? Yeah, it's, yeah, that was probably so the most bad. egregious one. Yeah, because the other ones you could sort of ignore, right? If yeah. like you looked away for a second, uh, that one's just you can't, you can't, can't do it. Yeah, you just gotta like fast forward or something. It's just so bad. Skip forward, and it's it's difficult to understand what was going through Lucas's mind apart from the filmmaker artist madness of always not letting go. Of a of something and trying to th- trying to always make it better instead of just like letting it go and be what it is. It seemed like he wanted he, back in the seventies. He would have done these things if the CGI were available, right? And at that point, he thought that was it late nineties, early two thousands when this happened, when this travesty happened. Yeah, I've, I've repressed a lot of it, so I'm I'm, I'm so, thinking '90s, mid to late late '90s is when this happened. So we had to believe that CGI was at the point, at that that point, that it was good. It was good enough that he'd be able to do the stuff that he always wanted to do, and that it was never gonna get weird and aged. But like you can you can see some shitty CGI. Like our 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 eyes are so well tuned for CGI now. Right. You, you go back to even the top blockbuster of 2004 
you're very aware that it's like bad cgi well mostly because it's the change over years right and Mm. you're dealing with movies that are still largely practical in terms of uh physical sets physical actors um film stock still being used quite largely so there's like an earthiness a texture a reality to it Mm. um but and then all of a sudden in walks like you know jar jar binks or I remember the first time I really got like, pardon the term, I fucked by CGI uh, was Spawn. You remember Spawn? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like not only was that movie probably the worst movie now, it's like probably the movie that's aged the the worst of all movies from oh, that period. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it, anybody that couldn't afford CGI back then now is thanking their lucky stars. Mm. As opposed to lamenting it as they probably were at the time, like man, if we we could have like put more vampires in that scene, or <laughs> but now they're like, thank you, Lord, yeah, because <laughs> our movie can still be watched at this point. Spawn is unwatchable. Is it really? It's on. Un- I mean, it wasn't a great film. Let's not kid Did ourselves. you enjoy it at the time? At the time, I remember I liked Spawn to a certain degree, but you were a fan of the comics. Not so much. No. I didn't like the comics, but I there were you got to remember there were almost no comic book movies at the time. Right. So for even a, a character point. to be adapted with a real budget, mm. it was a huge deal. Right. But there's a scene right at the beginning and at the end where they tell his origin story of Al Simmons, yeah, uh, who gets thrown into hell and made one of the generals of hell, and then he rebukes the devil or whatever, or the demon that does this to him. That whole sequence is done in, in CG, and it's seriously like it could be used to torture someone now. Wow. It's unwatchable. I remember like I felt like vertigo, nausea. I almost had I had to close my eyes cuz like the camera moves and the CG is like super like I, my eyes were just not adapted to it at all. Wow. And it's unwatchable. Thinking the other day about a um, a time machine if I had a time machine, you know, cuz I'm really into history, like would I go back and witness something, like find out who Jack the Ripper was or stop the Kennedy assassination? And the first thing I thought of doing if I actually had a time machine, is I would go back to around 1993 or 94 and kill George Lucas with a shovel. That was the first thing that came to my mind. And stop him from making the prequels. That's how I would try to save history. Leading up to Phantom Menace, all in all honesty, did, did, you, did you buy into the madness when it was first hyped? Yeah, well, I'm, I've never been like the... the hugest star wars guy i'm not a comic-con guy no I'm not, tattoos and, no nothing right. like that so. not naming your kids han and leia probably not mm-hmm. um so i wasn't i wasn't like dressing up and in line with like or in a tent waiting to buy my tickets with my lightsaber or anything but uh, you know i was i was interested in seeing the seeing them like new star wars that seemed like a cool thing yeah like we and, were gonna get our own star wars yeah, everybody was stoked at the time, for sure. So yeah, I was excited to see it, but I wasn't going to go to opening night. Sure. And like applaud at the credits and stuff. And cry. and <laughs> Yeah. I wasn't yeah. that invested. But, you know, it seemed like a fun fun ride. So sure, I was hopeful. <laughs> hopeful, were you? Yeah. A new hope. Um, <laughs> were you, do you remember seeing it? Do you remember seeing Phantom Menace? Yeah, I remember seeing it. Where did you? Like theaters? With yeah, friends. I went to see it in the theaters. Okay. Yeah. And do you remember the experience? I f- yeah, I just remember feeling it was like very cartoonish. You know, like they went with a really like a, a 
with all the robots and the like nobody died at all i think in all three movies did anybody die it was almost every character was cg in it wasn't yeah. it like I apart so. from uh the major players yeah so the, it's like some major the all major, the gungans were cg right but i don't think a single did any of the gungans die maybe it was mostly like robots getting their heads blown off yeah with but comic like, relief in like, technicolor yeah like in super super crisp daylight sun sunny day <laughs> pencil robots fighting silly looking rabbit fish men exactly in bell bottoms it was all like roger roger yeah versus like and throw the big crystal electric ball at the tank yeah yeah it just it didn't feel like star wars i felt like uh force awakens felt a lot more like the star wars universe yes you know that's definitely a point in its direction i think that's with the prequels i guess they were trying and that's what we told ourselves at the time was like okay it doesn't feel like star wars doesn't feel like the same universe but these are the prequels they're leading up to that time this is like a rosier time in that in the timeline so maybe that's why it's more yeah yeah so they're, they're leading up to the downfall where you know then it becomes a bit darker more gloomy more of like that gritty feel that we had from the originals right but then it never really happened no no again i don't remember for some reason seeing phantom menace the first Mm -hmm. time i don't remember but what i do recall is um getting this this feeling like my my instincts were kicking in we're like this is a horrible movie this is the worst movie ever made this is terrible but i was in such elation to see some star wars again and like the music was there and the sound was there and the lightsabers were there yeah and i think like a lot of fans um the initial the initial thing was oh my god star wars that was great and then as you're on the ride back to your house you're like um wait a second i don't feel so good i don't know why but i feel like I feel like somebody maybe did something to me while I wasn't looking. I may, did I get I roofied? Violated. Was there a movie? <laughs> what was in that drink? Like that kind of feeling? And then a little bit, I had this with uh, Dark Knight Rises and the whole uh, Nolan trilogy as well. Right. Specifically Dark Knight Rises where like you left and you're like, yeah, okay, that was, wait, no. And then as the days progressed, the full weight of its crappitude, like the full weight of its its crappiness just sets in and you're like, you start remembering things, hmm. right? Like how cheap it looked. Didn't it look cheap? Which one was Which one was that? Phantom Menace. Oh, the Phantom Menace. We're going back to that. Yeah. Didn't okay. it look fucking cheap? Yeah. Yeah, it did. It did. Like, I could. You could clearly see the hair pieces on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but they spent all their money on the CGI. They must have blown their budget on they it. They had to. Because, like, they. Uh, every, there were just some things that looked great and then other things that looked terrible. Mm-hmm. Like Darth Maul looked awesome. And yeah. It looks like they blew a whole bunch of money on, on getting that right. That was the best thing about the trilogy was that, that fight sequence and the music that went along with that too. Yes. Yeah. yeah Duel of the Fates or whatever. Yeah. 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 So musically it definitely brought the, maybe that's also what kept us under the spell is that it sounded exactly like Star Wars. Maybe. But it didn't look like Star Wars. Hmm. And then... I specifically remember as the first one came out and the, the stink started to settle in and people started to make faces and going like, uh, you know what? That wasn't good and all that. Then the praying 
for the next one to get it right started right like oh yeah because we're all waiting for that one moment where he puts on the helmet right Right. we were all waiting on on that that the entire prequel like the whole series of prequels just was, put was on all predicated on that which is like put on the fucking helmet yeah. already <laughs> come on <laughs> yeah um uh, what's we were name? all just we were just waiting for that and that's that was like all the previews and stuff too like the teasers and the posters and stuff was like just like a picture of the helmet and stuff he's becoming he's becoming yeah it there's was some that. weird django or there's some weird boba fett looking guy in the next one was the attack yeah. of the clones yeah get but, back to anakin get back to anakin although it was kind of mixed because the the both guys who played Anakin were kind of meh. terrible. Well, yeah. I'll forgive the kid because he was cast, and he could not have possibly. I saw the casting video of him. Oh, did you? Yeah, and a bunch of other kids, um, and they had the like kid that was precocious and delivered the lines like a pro. They had the kid that kept forgetting everything, and then they had him who just talked like he was possibly mentally challenged a little bit, you know. Are you an angel? Like he talked in a little bit this weird cartoonish way, and that's mm. exactly what they picked. They went for that little innocent, blinky kid. That that's like you know, if you watch it again, and I obviously can't recommend that you do. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't put any blame on whoever that kid is, and I, I don't yeah. actually want to look up his name because he suffered enough. Yes, apparently he really regrets ever having done the movie. Yep, along with possibly everybody else Natalie involved. Portman specifically has has said it almost ruined her career really yes and Natalie Portman has she's a great actress she's certainly like you know I one mean, of my favorites she she's certainly like caliber actress yeah right as we've seen in Black Swan and a bunch of other things like she's a she's a Even good back actress to the professional yeah oh my god yeah I totally forgot about that yeah holy yeah. shit one man. of my favorite movies of all time amazing uh, I specifically remember Nick, Natalie Portman saying this almost destroyed my career, and we can see for a fact that uh, Hayden Christensen or whatever the fuck his name is, yeah, has no career. He has none. No, I think he did a movie with Nicolas Cage. If that's any indication, I repeat, he has no <laughs> career. He's, the Witch, something. Yeah, The Witcher. The, He's like in the pantheon now of guys like Brandon Routh from uh, Return of Superman Returns yeah who were so much hope like they thought that that this was it they're locked in mm-hmm. for the great for for greatness and now they're playing tertiary or secondary or tertiary characters on CW superhero films <laughs> <laughs> to make ends meet or starring in in obscure films like Dylan Dog and shit like that based on these obscure comics that I don't even know where the fuck jesus come from or would don't know why they would be adapted right yeah but i remember as well uh the the desperation that set in after <laughs> phantom menace is like no 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 uh i heard that attack of the clones like resolves everything mm-hmm. i heard like attack of the clones is gonna and we're gonna you know and, and i heard attack of the clones is the darkest one and it's darker and but then then when they announced that it was called attack of the clones people are like attack of the clones the fuck is that what does that mean New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, The Return of the Jedi, The Phantom Menace already got a lot of shit for that name because people are like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. But it still sounded a little Star Warsy. but Attack of the Clones was just like, what? What clones? Where? And I think in the retrospect, if you really look hard at the prequels, and I can't, again, recommend that you do, 
it's the worst one of the, all of them. Really? Yes. In in the sense that Phantom Menace is terrible, but it kind of goes with it. Mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones had every opportunity to to resolve or to change the gears a little bit to respond to the complaints of the first one, but it not only revisits some of the horror of Phantom Menace, but doubles down. Really? It doubles down on the shit. <laughs> Complete with the uh, with uh, Anakin and Padme rolling around in the grass and falling uh, in love. Yeah. Um, the, the weird clone story on Kamino that made no fucking sense and no one cared about to the insect arena fight with, uh, you know, 800 huh. Jedis it gets yeah. a really obvious CG background. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, fucking Samuel Jackson getting more actual lines and more of a role in the second one, which was like, you know what, buddy, you got to be in Star Wars in the first one. That should have been it. <laughs> but they actually made you like a somewhat. Wasn't Mace Windu kind of a more of a major deal in the Star Wars universe? I don't even think he was a thing. No? I think they literally just cooked him up for fucking Sam Jackson. Wow. Like Sam Jackson was riding high on his popularity and he was like a he was like a heavyweight in Hollywood at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think he literally just pulled like he I think I have this theory that in Hollywood if you've banked enough, you get this like white card or whatever. And then you can drop it even it's been if it's been 20 years since you were relevant and cash it in for like a cameo or a little role. <laughs> Like, I feel like Matthew Modine got one of those cards, and that's why he's in Dark Knight Rises. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, his character has absolutely no meaning or importance or impact to the film. And he feels so wedged in there, it hurts. You know? Which one was he? He was, like, the police captain. Okay. Who, like, we're not even clear what he's doing there. He's basically just there to delay um, uh, Gordon Levitt, whatever... Right. Hewlett and Packard, <laughs> Joseph Hewlett Packard, Joseph Gordon Levitt uh, Packard, <laughs> uh, Merrill Lynch, uh, Stockman and Broca. I don't know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> she like his character was in there just to delay him from like he. I think in the movie, I remember one review. I think on Red Letter Media was like, if you take him out, then Joseph Gordon. I can't get his name right. Joseph Gordon Levitt. There you go his character robin or whatever the fuck he's supposed to be is like i know where bane is he's in the sewers let's go get him and then that character just comes like you're a hot shot back off you're a hot shot and then like he cock blocks him so they can go get bane okay but he serves no other purpose okay he's just there to delay yeah but like he again like if he if he wasn't there the movie would have been resolved a lot sooner right because the guy just keeps yelling the whole time like i know where the fucking bad guys are let's go get him you no, shut up you're a hot shot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that's that's an argument for another day and there's some people I want to bring in to to dismantle that fucking movie. Perfect. So, Attack of the Clones stinks up the room like nobody's business. Right. Uh we have to sit there and watch Anakin and uh I kill them all. He <laughs> doesn't let me do anything like this whole emo bullshit. Yeah. On the sand is oh, your skin is soft, not like the Remember that whole scene when he's running his hand along her back, oh, it's super creepy. Not like sand. 
I don't like sand. It's coarse. Sand, and it gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. <laughs> Just some of the most putrid shit you've ever been And then they stare to. at each other for like a really uncomfortable, like a long, long stare. Yeah. For no, it, no it's, reason. It's the forced romance of the dick, of the century. <laughs> Where there's not only no chemistry between those two, but you you can almost see Natalie Portman like the concern in her face. Yeah, like what the fuck is going on? What here? am I doing in this movie? Seriously, am I going to survive this? And even an actress of her caliber can't pull pull it off in a believable way. Yeah, you, she's got this definite like what the fuck is going on look in her face. She's doing her best, right? Yeah, I mean, she's a pro. She's not. I think she, like a pro, she rechanneled her concerns about the movie into making her look like a worried former <laughs> empress of Naboo or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there was a, just a bunch of things. And I think by that point, people were really, really worried. But then I remember even Lucas and his people kind of promising that, like, Revenge of the Sith. That, okay, don't, okay, you, you, you weren't quite so long. And it sounded cool. Revenge of the Sith sounded cool. Revenge of the Sith. We're finally getting that red and black feels. Yeah. We're moving out of the green and CG-ness of the first one. You've burned us twice, but this... Yeah. We have a new hope. And like monkeys, <laughs> we just lined up again. Yeah, exactly. Bought the toys. Yeah. Bought all the bullshit again. He can't fuck it up a third time. It's no, impossible. No, I mean... The, the, and Revenge of the Sith sounds so cool. Come and on. like Vader has to happen by this point. He's yeah. dicked us around for two films. Exactly. He can't. He can't possibly shortchange us now. Yeah, and at this point, you're 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 pot committed, anyways, right? You're invested. Mm-hmm. It's like I want to see that fucking helmet. I've already paid for two other movies. <laughs> Where is the helmet? <laughs> Put on the fucking helmet. Ready? Right. It's like being in a restaurant, right? And like you keep ordering this the, the steak, and they keep bringing you like, oh, but here's the here's the chickens, whatever. Here's the souffle. <laughs> you're like, no, no, I I wanted the helmet. Oh yeah, it's it's coming, it's coming. But yeah, first. Yeah. Here's some quail. Like no, I just if you eat the quail, we'll give you, we'll bring you the steak. It's 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 delicious. Yeah, it's the best steak. Cause I heard that's why I came to this restaurant. I heard about the steak. Yes, well, sir, you finish the quail <laughs> and the oysters, and the, the, are these you gotta off? Eat two other bullshit meals before you get to the steak. Right. Yeah. And then what you don't realize is by the time you get your steak, it was left on the counter for way too long <laughs> and it's me and you're not hungry anymore you're not hungry anymore you feel a little nauseous <laughs> i think this is maybe the best review ever of the prequels the most apt <laughs> description of them all but certainly i mean revenge of the sith uh i don't even i think by that point i was just so exhausted that i couldn't even muster the hate anymore mm. i was just like okay so they're fighting in the lava lava fight lava fight okay oh oh hang on he's got a cloak on and he's Got evil. He's got the Sith eyes. Okay. All right. All right. All right. More insects. Okay. General mm-hmm. Grievous. All right. Uh, sure. Count Dooku. Count Dooku. Hmm. Dooku. 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 <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's put a girdle on Christopher Lee, who's 160 by this point. We'll Take a giant Dooku all over your <laughs> Hopes and dreams of Star Wars. <laughs> how was how was the how were the prequels? Complete Dooku. <laughs> Banta Dooku. Banta, Banta Dooku. <laughs> I love it. Banta Dooku. That's what we should call this episode. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> Banta Dooku. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know the hilarity of that the, that casting too. Uh, clearly, everyone wanted a piece of Christopher Lee because he was gonna die any minute, right? Yeah. Even Lord of the Rings is you know is guilty of that. Mm-hmm. But they at least had the 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 common sense to cast him as an old venerable wizard, yeah. right? Uh, not cast him as somehow an apprentice of the emperor when in fact he's like three times the age of the emperor. <laughs> I know I'm nitpicking here and, and yeah. I'm like I'm trying to separate the types of crap, the cat types of Dooku uh, from each other and it's pointless. But man, that was painful to see. Oh, and of course the infamous, uh, this may be Attack of the Clones, but the uh, the Yoda saber fight. Oh yeah, where he's like jumping around and stuff. Yeah, when he when he drops the cane and he and draws his little saber. Yeah. I remember the theater like erupting in laughter. Really? But not like, yay, like there was a couple of idiots and maybe some kids, but most people literally just started laughing because because he has a tiny little saber. Well, it felt like he was a it was a it was an outtake. Yeah. Like you know some people have animated Yoda like dancing, like hip hop dancing and freestyling. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was an outtake, some sort of animation joke. Well, it's not the size of the saber. It's how you use it. Right. You're fired. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, that, that was another like... Uh, and there were a bunch of mistakes too. Uh, like he drops the cane and then in the next scene, like the cane just disappears. Just disappears. A or, bunch of shit like that. Or just the uh, uncanny valley of seeing him poorly remade as a puppet in Phantom Menace and then suddenly back to see made, made full cg by attack of the clones was he a puppet in he's a puppet if you if you you haven't seen attack uh, sorry phantom menace in a long time long time he looks so bizarre in phantom menace oh yeah they still used a puppet it's true they but a we- different puppet it's a different puppet i somehow they fucked it up and it doesn't look like yoda yeah. and it's got weird like sideburns or something cuz i guess they're trying to make him look a bit younger <laughs> um, but it doesn't look how did they fuck that up i'll never understand yeah like how did the 70s yoda puppet look better than the phantom menace puppet? jim henson man he Possibly. was the king of puppets not so fast lone star helmet so at last we meet for the first time for the last time before you die, there is something you should know about us, Lone Star. What? I am your father's, brother's, nephew's, cousin's former roommate. What's that make us? Absolutely nothing! Which is what you are about to become. So let's get into the nitty gritty, man. Yeah, okay. So the original Star Wars uh, did to us what. Uh, it did to everyone, which was take us away in the, to a magical place. Um, the special editions cold cocked us <laughs> without any warning. The prequels gave us a alleyway beatdown that mm-hmm. we never thought we would recover from. And then came the fire, fire in the hole. hole. Then came the fire in the hole. Then came the fire. Then came the announcement that Lucas was finally stepping aside. Uh, selling the whole thing kit caboodle to Marvel slash sorry Disney Disney yeah Uh, making them more powerful than we could ever imagine (laughs) but in a way I mean Disney already had a piece of Star Wars in a big way right did they I mean they were licensing it but 
Oh, yeah. Star Wars was all over. It was like one of their major attractions, right, at their theme parks. Yeah, it's true. So it's not like they didn't have any prior business. So then came the announcement of the next films, J.J. Abrams. How did that hit you the first time when you when you heard? I think it was just after he butchered Star Trek. So I was oh. a little concerned, to say the least. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really... Ha- I wasn't invested at that point. I'd already been... I'd already been hurt. Yeah, badly. Yeah. Three, three times. Yeah, there was nothing left. I was a, I was a shell, of, shell of a man. Um, maybe a good way to start this is to sort of just talk about what the general impression overall, like how did you feel when you walked out of the movie? It, it, felt, like, it felt like the feel was the same as the, the old movies. And I think that's been the number one criticism is that it's kind of shot for shot almost exactly the same as New Hope. Mm-hmm. But, but you don't resent that. I don't. I don't. And I have confidence that they're planning to take it in a different direction. It's not going to be exactly the same. So hopefully there's, you know, there's some curveballs about to be thrown in the in the next one. But I mean, uh, like the settings, uh, the kind of lack of CG, uh, or at least less less CG, less obvious CG, and a lot of the real mechanical stuff. Uh, you know, the robots are all real like the bb-8 was a real animatronic or whatever right like a remote control puppet thing but it it wasn't cg which i think is is great it's real Mm -hmm. (laughs) to a certain extent they even brought back the 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 same guys who did the uh the animated chess board oh yeah yeah i watched a little documentary on that the other day really yeah and they brought those guys back and they they remade all the models and stuff and did it like the the same way wow yeah, okay yeah. i thought they just recycled the uh, recycled footage from uh, the old days but that's i guess that's not even possible no they yeah. just recreated them exactly yeah, in that yeah weird yeah. animatronic kind of way exactly and they brought the same dudes back yeah that's great yeah they all got uh, that's big not white even animatronics now. i think that's that harkens back to the stage, uh, what is stop motion? It's stop motion, yeah. Uh, Clash of the Titans type animation. Yeah, 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 totally. Okay. Like claymation style. Well, clearly this was a film made by a mega fan. Yeah, In definitely. every possible way, right? Mm-hmm. You could not be more... And I think that's maybe even one of the biggest criticisms leveled at it. Yeah. It was too fan servicey. Right. But like you, I think I agree. Like, I feel like it needed to be. I think if needed to unite the clans <laughs> because we were all, you know, broken and into like different segments of it's almost like planet Star Wars had been nuked mm. and uh, there were these patches of survivor underground people like underground survivors. And this needed to kind of shine a light and say, hey, come home like we're home, Chewy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> come come back. Um, sit down and let us revisit that. I I hopefully I think this will go wrong if they remain in fan service land. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I think for the first one though it's completely justified. Right. right. But they need to go in their own direction the next one. Yeah, like ASAP. Yeah. It, not everything can be as you know, as neat and tidy as it appears. Mm-hmm. So you like the characters, you like the story? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean I I found it a little weird how Kylo Ren is seems to be more powerful than Darth Vader ever was. But then he's also living in his shadow and his training's not complete. Right. Like how he stops like the 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 the, the bolt bolt in yeah. midair and then he's just walking around like nothing ever happened and it just kind of unfreezes when he leaves. Right. 
and like uh, grabbing people from across the room rather than just kind of like choking their collars a bit. Right. Well, I mean, I think maybe also that there was a necessity to amp it up a little bit. I think mm-hmm. as much as it needed to harken back to the old days uh, after having seen uh, lightsaber bonanza in the prequels. Yeah. Um, and f- gross uh, souping up of the powers of the force powers. I think they had to kind of find a middle ground. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've heard some speculation to say, well, maybe there's less force users now, so it's spread out amongst less people. So, oh, interesting. you know, that could be, you could have a stronger right. use of the force. I, I, I don't know. I mean, he's revealed but, very clearly, very quickly to be the offspring of uh, Organa, Le- uh, Leia Organa and Han Solo. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think my instinct is to explain it that because he's issued from that bloodline uh, of incredibly powerful force users, like the force is really strong with this family, like the Skywalkers and everything, that maybe he just has this raw power but isn't fully... Like he's mastered certain little techniques, but he doesn't... But that family legacy all came from Anakin. From Vader, yeah. Yeah, so that would be kind of diluted over the generations right but we forget so why would he be more powerful than well, vader this is maybe getting incredibly geeky here yeah go for <laughs> it man. Th- this is the place to do I it i have a theory all right and that doesn't demand like uh, 12 novelizations on the side here okay uh i think we also forget or maybe a one way i don't know if they thought of this but vader by the time he's reached the, his uh, you know z- zenith or pinnacle is almost a complete machine yeah. Right? And they keep reiterating how the force is something that surrounds and binds all living things. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I see where you're going. I can almost, I think that's almost a beautiful way of explaining why Vader seems so subdued with the force in the Jedi and um, doesn't seem to be wielding it. You know, he's not jumping around and he's not like crashing the whole place down on everyone's heads is because he actually, his force use has been greatly diminished. Okay. By being essentially mostly machine at this point. Yeah, that could be it. Right. Or he could just not have shown his full potential. Right. Right. That, that's also <clears throat> possible. But I got the feeling that by the end, like, although Vader is such a badass, I think by Return of the Jedi, you get the feeling that he's actually, um, like, on a, he's walking around in a life support machine. Yeah. He's almost dead. But even if you look at Yoda... When he was lifting something using the force, it took seemed to take a lot of yes. concentration, you know. And he was arguably, you know, one of the strongest ones. Sure, the strongest one. Yes. Again, we could argue that he was almost he's on his deathbed at this point when he's lift. He's he's very old and very. Right. But again, but uh, I mean, just in terms of any force use we've seen in any of the movies, yeah, that seems it seems pretty. Uh, Kylo Ren up seems there. pretty powerful, right? And then he's just like a big pansy at the end. Yeah, like he gets defeated really, really easily. You, like, thought, you thought so? Yeah. Well, uh, what's his face? Uh, Finn. He 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 gets him in the shoulder. I think they try to explain it because like Chewie, yeah, Chewie hit him with a bolt heavily. Yeah, yeah. And you saw what that those bolts did to everyone else, right? Yeah. They like flee, the stormtroopers fly clearly across the room when they get hit by the bowcaster. I think. It's yeah, cool. and he keeps like punching himself in the stomach. I thought that was really cool. Did you think that was weird? Uh, I, I, it was. It was odd. I mean, like he was. They were. They were obviously trying to highlight the fact that he was injured. Yeah. 
but I thought it was in order cool. to explain away why he's getting his ass kicked uh, by I, people who have no right experience with the lightsaber. So I, I'm I'm with you on that. Like that was a bit far fetched. That uh, no matter how in tune with the Force Rai is, or how determined to help Ray. Rai, Ray, Ray. I think. I think it's Rai, Ray. Anyways, no, no matter how determined she is, or sorry, no matter how in tune with the force she is instinctively, and no matter how determined uh, Finn is to help her. Although I have a uh, lingering suspicion that um, <coughs> Finn is also force sensitive. Yeah, you think so? I have, I have a feeling. Huh. But that there's something else going on there. Anyway, before Maybe. we get into the conspiracies, well, yeah, I mean, there has to be some explanation as to why he broke his his conditioning, yes. his trooper conditioning. I hope aside they from that, that it just being a convenient plot mechanism. Uh huh. Yeah. No. And, and I think we need to know more. That's the thing. I don't envy J.J. Abrams at all, and uh, Lawrence well, Cassidy. And anyway, the he's guys, not directing the next one, J.J. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he's not. He's correct. not, yeah. He's correct. Yeah, but he apparently he regrets that decision. Yeah, I saw that. That's what I read. Or he All said that the or he did his, his duty and he said that the the next Right, he's hyping it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next one, like the script is so good that he wishes that he was Yeah. Dead. It's one of those cases where both whether it's true or hype, it's both the right thing to do to say it, right? Totally. So that's a win win. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but overall Kylo Ren compelling? Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he was, he was good. I just, it was a lack of consistency, you know. Like if he's stopping bolts and grabbing people from across the room, why isn't he doing that at later parts of the film? They just right. kind of they set that up at the beginning. Obviously, an angry dude, like angry little emo kid. A little bit, yeah. He gets bad news and he trashes his room, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was uh, a little bit odd. You thought that was odd, yeah? Well, I guess it fits into the into the character. Yeah, again, like, I would what? explain it as as a combination of youthful, sort of instability, emotional instability, and also he's kind of f- not fully turned to the dark side, right? He's still conflicted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe that's what it was. Like I, I like to explain it that way, is to, uh, and I'm you know me, I'm usually the first one to, to cry, bloody murder when I feel something's not justified. Yeah, but um, okay. No, I think, but I think he did a great job. I think the act, the actor they chose was was great. Mm-hmm. Um, the helmet was cool. Although I'm not still, I mean, I guess he's wearing the helmet just to seem scary, but it doesn't seem like he really needs a helmet. Helmet, right? But it's as you said earlier, uh, clearly an homage to uh, Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think the brilliance of Force Awakens, in a way, is that the characters are themselves fans of the Star Wars legend yeah it's true right yeah so that's kind of a brilliant meta thing where they also are they're part of that world but they know it only secondhand or Through myth as a as a legend mm-hmm. of the great luke skywalker and the han solo and the brilliant and the brave rebellion that fought off the empire like they know it as a story and i think that's exactly the way you approach that yeah and all the remnants of you know the old star destroyers and the walkers and stuff at the beginning that was really cool yeah that was really great and i think it because of that (coughs) hero worship and because they meta that whole thing about these young people now idolizing these these stories from old i think it made me more accepting of finn like doing the lightsaber thing it felt like he was trying to live out his night fantasy, you know, like he was trying to be like the brave Jedi, like Luke Skywalker. Even he's heard the story, right? Mm. And even the pose that he's in is like a 
like it's the way a kid would play at being a knight you know yeah it's true when when would he have ever heard about that during his indoctrination he well it's assumed that um at the very least the first um the the what did they call the first, first order order at the very least they would have like a vilifying version of that story mm-hmm. right where the seditious <clears throat> treacherous rebel that undermined and betrayed the great empire that brought peace to the universe and the evil luke skywalker or whatever or that even because they they mentioned that these new these new um stormtroopers are taken as kids yeah they're not born they're not clones and therefore he would have maybe had a window of opportunity to hear i think it was pretty early he said from a family he'll never know so right like i think he'd probably like a baby well, in one way or another, he's aware, hmm. right? And certainly Rai or Ray is also very much uh, uh, cognizant of the legend. And yeah, well, she puts on the helmet like a little kid would at the yes. beginning, right? And she, while well, she's eating her sludge. It's like Star Warsception. Yeah, it is. In that way. Yeah, it's true. I didn't, I didn't really thought about it that way, but that makes sense. And the first what you see is a graveyard of the <coughs> old Star Wars. And then they emerge from it. Like, they, like the film theorists are probably going to get all over that metaphor. Yeah. Okay. So Kylo Ren, cool. Uh, Rai, Finn. Yeah, great. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, well, Finn seems to be more like comic relief. Okay. Stuff. I don't yeah. know. With like moments. Like he's got moments of heroism. A connection between the two of them that can't really be explained. Like they didn't spend that much time together. And then when she gets taken by Kylo, he's like, ah! Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's maybe a little bit over the mark. I'll tell you honestly, my <clears throat> biggest complaint and my only really big complaint against this film is the comedy in it. Yeah? You didn't I, like that? I felt it was out of play. There were a couple of sort of, I want to say anachronisms, but that doesn't really make sense. Um what I mean by anachronisms is it it's not entirely faithful <coughs> linguistically to the Star Wars films. And okay. clearly there was a way, a more theatrical way that people talked in the seventies and eighties in movies. And the Lucas's writing is also much more antiquated compared to right. But I didn't like those like, oh no, you didn't kind of moments. Hmm. Right? Like it was almost out of place at the beginning where um where they're making their escape from the where uh, what's his name um, um, the pilot there uh, Poe Poe yeah Poe Darren when he gets all YouTube on on Kylo Ren like it breaks for me some of the gravity of the moment where he's like I can't hear you with all that stuff in your face or he makes mm-hmm. fun of his mask or do I start or do you yeah but it was Oscar Isaac's is so good that he like it's I was just like okay there's a spark there like the, the there's a little bit of a ugh, this this feels out of place but yeah. he got away with it but a lot of uh um a lot of fins sort of you know woo yeah you know like mm-hmm. uh, what is it that he says like stop trying to hurt me. like he just he starts getting weird and sort of uh, uh sort of buffoonishly american yeah contemporary at moments mm-hmm. in his dialogue that I was like, it kind of took me out of it. And I know the guy's British. So 
I'm wondering how much of that was in the dialogue or was he like overdoing it? He felt like, I felt like he was overdoing it a lot. And he even yeah. make fun of it in the, in the movie when he's got Fa uh, Captain Phasma and he's like, who's in charge now? Who's in charge now? And, and he's like, uh, dial, 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 dial it down. Dial it down, right? Yeah. Like that is another moment that in and itself is not a bad piece of scenery, but in Star Wars, it felt really out of place. Hmm. It's almost like it, it suddenly became um, like going through a really elaborate Star Wars um, experience ride rather than its own film. And I felt that that was too bad because, okay, so right at the beginning, you get the sense of doom yeah. with this guy who's got the, the piece of the map. <clears throat> Kylo Ren comes, everyone's getting massacred. It's feeling really dark at this point. Yeah. We get our introducing to Kylo Ren. And a little bit of cuteness with R88 or whatever his name is. But then the wisecracking sort of hurts it for me. Hmm. Especially like here's Kylo Ren. He's, he's hard. He's dangerous. He's evil. He just struck down someone he clearly knows and who knows his family. And then now Poe Darren's going to start, you know, kind of being clever with him. So that was kind of weird for me. Hmm. Um, and it's weird because only uh, Boyega or uh, the actor, only Finn kind of had these lines, right? Yeah. Uh, um, Daisy Ridley, who, who for me is the revelation in this film. She is the star of stars. Like this girl, I feel could, could surpass Star Wars and have a career. Like she's a... She's, That's Ray? Yes. I yeah. think she is she did a great job. one of the finest young actors I've ever seen given the ridiculousness of her role, mm. right? She had an immediate like presence and like a soulful believability. You know, when she smiles, you're like you there's just a she exudes honesty and yeah. and and genuineness. Yeah, great casting. And they didn't have even when she had to do kind of like you know when they first steal the Millennium Falcon? They have that little romp, you know, through the through the air and then they get rid of the TIE fighters. And then they meet up in the middle and they kind of have this com comedic moment. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was out of place too, but she made it okay. Because hmm. she joined in the fun. Right. But otherwise, it's always <laughs> just Finn being the buffoon. Um, and comedy, comedy relief a little bit. And that was out of place for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Like I can There's not a lot of strong male characters. They're all either evil or buffoons. Yeah. Yeah. Gen General Hux is very which, clownish. Which is very much in style these days. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, it did not go. Uh, I, I was not not aware of the fact that this was very clearly like a strong females. Um, it's a smart it, move on JJ's part yes. to, to, to make that shift, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's welcome. I Absolutely. just wish it wasn't at the cost of the male characters. Like, can't we have both? Right? Yeah. But um, uh, Leia, of course, remains a venerable, beloved general commanding figure. And then Han became an old man with an earring kind of thing. You know, like he yeah. became an old fart that's still trying to... He so tired, man. So tired. And even when he was doing the press tour and going on Conan and stuff, like he just looks like he's done, man. He, he looks just, like he's been done for years. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and he's just he's really like kind of slow. I, I I was I was happy to see that he was kind of pulling it off in the movie. Yeah, I think the <clears> editing too helped, but yeah. there was these uncomfortable scenes where you can tell that it almost seems like it takes him a minute to yeah. summon the line. Right. And he I guess they try to give him like a bit of a young younger look by letting him grow out his hair, but he really looks like just like a senior citizen in a leather jacket. He does. And it's hurtful. It, it does hurt a little bit. Right? Yeah. Because he was so fucking dashing, handsome, and and uh, world-weary in the originals mm-hmm. that he was anything but, uh, you know, absent. In the wise-cracking scoundrel with a, with a heart. Yeah. It, it just uh, didn't make sense to me that in his old age, he would go back to smuggling with Chewbacca and, like, maybe I'd buy it, but, like all the scenes with him running were kind of hard to watch yeah and i could see how they constantly had to substitute him for stunt stunt men because i mean he can't do it physically anymore oh yeah i I didn't really catch on yeah yeah i I mean that again we're nitpicking here yeah it was he he, i think he we got to see han solo and it was done with a minimal amount of damage right there were again there were a few scenes there that were comedy relief that felt just really forced that didn't work for me that whole little thing with the borrowing Chewbacca's bowcaster, hmm. like I didn't. What the? I'm not sure what the hell that was. That was foreshadowing. For for when Chewbacca takes uh, hits uh, Kylo in the in the stomach, so that you can see how injured he's going to be, so that the last fight makes sense. Okay. That the other two have any chance against him. But this whole, like, I wow, this thing really, like... Packs a punch. Packs a punch. You know, like, like, first of all, it's not that funny. Number two, they've known each other for 40 years. Yeah, I found that weird. And he never picked it up. He's never used his bowcaster ever. Yeah. And that whole bit, like, the whole second act to me was a little bit weak. Yeah. Uh, in terms of it felt a little uh, forced. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it did feel a little forced. Like that whole bit about, uh, you know, anyone that complains about the uh, coincidences of people meeting up, I think is that's not a valid complaint. No. Because the the, uh, the original Star Wars totally had that. For sure. And it was like a kind of like a destiny thing. Yeah. It's all supposed to be like a mythical. It was meant to happen. Uh Yeah. You were meant to. The force brought us together. Yeah. Yeah. um, All that. In fact, I thought the tie-ins were actually super cleverly done. Mm -hmm. The fact that the robot recognized Finn based on the jacket that he picked up. Like that was really cleverly. The the way the stuff was sort of sprinkled out there. I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah. It was cool. Uh, What I noticed the second time around was that Poe is the one who undoes uh, Finn's programming. Because, Does he? Yeah, because Poe takes out the stormtrooper that puts like the 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 blood on the on Finn's face and that seems to be the moment where is Poe that shoots that 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 stormtrooper? Yeah, that's what I noticed. <clears throat> Cuz Poe could have just like taken off with with BB-8 into the desert and probably been happy been fine <laughs> or at least no one would have noticed or cared yeah but he stayed instead and starts open firing on the stormtroopers for no reason and then gets captured and then wisecracks and then gets pumped for information which seems odd but anyway so i noticed that poe is the one that shoots the stormtrooper mm-hmm. that was that 
that seems to wake Effect, Finn so. out of the out of his thing, and then but then afterwards he's like, Finn is killing stormtroopers left, right, and center. No, without and going woohoo while he's doing it. Yeah, <laughs> these are ostensibly his brothers and sisters or whatever. Exactly. Uh, Ten minutes ago, but now he's. Uh, yeah, I think in terms of character motivation, uh, although this would have railroaded the film a bit, I think we needed to know a little bit more about. And then J.J. Abrams is also notorious for this, um, for not having a very, uh, very developed characters. Right. Uh, he's he's not super good at, or at least not at least not super good. It's just he doesn't seem to be necessarily interested in giving characters too much backstory, or at least maybe he gives them backstory, but it's never really like the complexity of the characters is never there. Well, maybe in the in the next movies they'll they'll explain it a bit more, and maybe there'll be a bit more to it than just like a stormtrooper randomly, yeah, breaking yeah. his programming, unlike any stormtrooper <coughs> before him for no reason. And are there others? Uh, is this something that happens from time to time because the first order is kind of in a rush to recruit uh, bodies? Um, yeah, well, they go, they go, they they talk about it. Phasma and uh, somebody they when they, yeah, they're they, grilling her about like he was marked for re indoctrination or something something like that so i guess they have a protocol for this type of thing yeah i I feel like uh and this was his first infraction so i guess they've had other infractions right right well clearly first offense clearly not having programmed clones um a bunch of clones is uh, you know and having people is a harder deal yeah you know i understand the gripes that some people had with the fact that this didn't start immediately the continuation and furthering of the Star Wars universe in a, in a very central way and start like developing more of the myth. But I think that is can chalk, be chalked up more to um, blue balls, like just people being so thirsty for for fresh material mm-hmm. that they were are like, oh, we're doing this again. We're revisiting all this <coughs> stuff again. Oh, but I wanted to know. right? So that part of me was a little bit, I had a lot of questions. Right, I had a lot of questions. I was like, "Okay, why is the rebellion now the resistance? Like, how come the what's the situation there? I mean, maybe this is a problem because we've got too much political explanation in the prequels of all the Senate dynamics that nobody gave a fuck about. But now mm. it's infected us with a need to know as to how come the re- rebellion didn't become the the actual de facto." arm of like wasn't this all the systems banding together to throw off the the imperial yeah control and then at the end of return they knock down the statue and they reclaim and every system returns right but there's these sporadic mentions of the republic and for some reason the rebellion is called the resistance now and they're still kind of guerrilla style hiding and you know, limited equipment, and we're not sure why. Like, shouldn't they have become the power at this point? Shouldn't yeah, that's true. Leia be sitting on the Senate and be being a full admiral, full senator, whatever? Yeah, that's true. Uh, commanding things from back home. That's a good point. So I feel like that needs explanation. Um, Maybe the feel would have been too different. Yeah, again, a lot, a lot of weight on this first movie that mm-hmm. I think, in a way... They could have explained all this stuff, but again, I'm still not mad at the film, even though they didn't address it. Right. Like, where the fuck did the First Order come from? Um, 
you know, Snoke is clearly going to be the linchpin to this thing going forward because mm-hmm. he's the source of the evil. But oh, not a Sith? But not a Sith, but he looks scarred, so he... I don't know. I've heard a bunch of rumors, but again, I try to not listen too much because I don't want spoilers. Hmm. But uh, apparently he's four feet tall. And that's okay. why his hologram is so big. Okay. I remember somebody was, was joking about that, hoping that he would be like small like Yoda. I think that might be a thing. Really? Yeah. And I think that also builds into the... I think if the next movie or movies reveal that the First Order is really just the remnant of the empire and that in order to try to hang on to their power they're kind of cartoonishly bringing this like propaganda such as having their leader be this giant in you know believing everyone believing that he's big and uh, hamming it up a little bit like that speech that the general hux gives the troops at some point where they all go with their yeah felt really their speech yeah, it was really weird. Mm. It was really odd because Hux has no other personality than walking around like he's constipated and has his arms tied behind his back yeah. and delivering cartoonish, you know, rebel scam type type dialogue <laughs> that never doesn't feel either um, justified or you're like, who is the fuck is Hux? And he looks like he's 25 years old. Mm. How Why is he a general... Who is this fucking guy? And he, there's basically nothing to him except that Hitler-type speech. Yeah, it had a very Hitler youth kind of feel to it. Yeah, and like I needed to know, I think, at some stage, like, okay, so... Who the, the fuck is he? Who the fuck is this guy? How maybe, did... Maybe they made him young just to make it so that Kylo doesn't look so completely out of place because he looks like he's 16. Yeah, that could be it. <laughs> that could like be a it. 16-year-old emo <laughs> kid. Yeah, a little bit. You see, Kylo actually pleased me a lot as a character. Yeah. Uh, specifically because he wasn't, a, um, he was a bit of a, um, an imposter. Mm-hmm. I like that. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, he wasn't just cartoonishly evil. Right, because in the prequels, they just bring in Darth Maul, and we're just supposed to accept that he's this incredible badass. Hmm. Okay, clearly they got Ray Park or whatever uh, to do all the backflips and the ninja stuff. And Maul was a tremendous fighter, but there was nothing to that character. Zero. Right. He was fucking empty. Um, here, it was he like... He was a Cirque du Soleil... Uh, pretty much. Dude. <laughs> yeah. It's Jumping like, around, backflips, and like... I mean, you know, he's a very talented dude. Yeah. No, he's a great... He's a martial artist. He's a stunt guy. Yeah, he's great. yeah. And he was great in X-Men as Toad, but yeah, like, sure. again, he had fucking no personality or character. Right. And he think dubbed his voice because he sounds like a oompa loompa (laughs) really in real life yeah i think uh, he's really small ray park okay i think he's like five feet tall or something and he has a little nasal british voice oh i see okay (laughs) Um, so they they just dubbed him but anyway the point is that immediately i felt kylo ren i felt like this was this was the genesis i think that we wanted to see uh in the prequels of vader Hmm. where he's already put on his big boy pants, but he's shaky and he's not 100%. And he's still being pulled by the light side, which is is cool because we only saw it from the other side. Yeah, being tormented by the light. Yeah. How crazy is that? Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really interesting angle. For sure. 
and he's not quite getting respect either. Whereas yeah. Vader couldn't get respect, remember at first? Yeah, they were they were talking about his arcane religion and all this bullshit. Your sad devotion to this blah blah blah. To yeah, this, this ancient religion. And then like, and I, I this is a criticism I remember hearing, uh, reading about, or no, somebody was talking about this very issue when criticizing the prequels. They're like, why is Vader so fucking important all of a sudden? Why is he the central character of the prequels? It makes no sense. Why is everything about Anakin Skywalker? When, in fact, if you watch the first three Star Wars, he's a little more than an enforcer. It's true. Uh, that's not even respected by most of the Empire. He's only tolerated because, first, he can do these freaky things <laughs> with the Force, but because he's the Emperor's right hand. Right. But you consistently get these snooty snarky officer guys kind of just like giving each other looks like fuck this guy just the fact that he has to be choking bitches left and right right <laughs> does darth vader need to choke a bitch exactly <laughs> this guy's been serving the emperor of the imperial galactic empire for i don't know how many years hmm. and he still has to make examples right yeah so he's kind of like this oddity there um this weird frankenstein monster that walks around behind the boss his leg breaker. It's true. But suddenly the prequels felt the need to turn him into like the chosen one. Yeah, the prophecy. The Christ figure or whatever. And it makes absolutely no sense when you really think it through. Mm. The only thing the prequels had to do is to come through for us on the Ben Kenobi stuff in the first in New Hope where he's like, ah, I knew your father. He was, you know, a great pilot. He was mm -hmm. one of the best. And he was a great Jedi until he fell, right? Like, that's all they needed to do. Yeah. There was no, like, ah, yes, your father. Kenobi. I haven't heard that name in a long time. You know? Yeah. Not like we were best friends and you were the chosen one and you had high midichlorian count and blah, blah. Like, it, it, it that's, we're, we're veering, I'm veering off topic here. But the sense is that Kylo Ren is, I think, the maybe secretly the way that we wish or J.J. Abrams wishes uh, Vader had been shown hmm. as a young Anakin, like, fuck the pod racing. We start him off smack dab middle into his puberty. Right. As an angry teenager. Fucking, fucking shit up. Yeah. Going too far consistently, not listening to anyone, not listening, not listening. And then mm -hmm. finally, like, having enough of people reprimanding him. And then the Emperor stepping in just at the right moment to, uh, to like, pull him into that place mm -hmm. without needing to kill off padme and all this other shite yeah but so yeah i agree kylo uh i like i like the fact that he is kind of a tortured a little trying bit. to get respect yeah mm. yeah and i'm curious to see i feel like they really have the opportunity now to turn him into an epic level bad guy yeah they could um like with with texture mm -hmm. right if they really if they progress the character now that he's been handed his for his ass Right. And I think... Scarred face and the whole bit. Yeah. Yeah, which was great. By amateurs. Yeah. But I think that's to respond to your earlier complaint. Whereas, like, where is, why is he, like, in such command of his powers in one minute? And then kind of a bitch next. I feel like the reason that that fight makes sense to me, at least between him and Rai, is because he's not as powerful as people think either. Hmm. He's just got these one or... His training is incomplete, right? Yeah. But he's learned that, like, blaster uh, freeze thing. He's got that power down. He's got the... He sort of got down the, the mind 
melds power down mm-hmm. and the knockout like he's got some parlor tricks right and he's got the suit and he's got but when whole... he choked he like dragged the guy guy across the room into his open hand and choked him right like, like why didn't he do any of that during the fight during which during the fight with at the end anything anything that's even slightly force related well um that's an interesting point i don't know that i can defend that i can only say that i didn't feel it missing because i felt that he was still reeling from having killed han solo could be and you could make the argument with ray that um i don't know and he's also a little bit of it seems like he's a little bit afraid of ray of ray or ray yeah and and she seems to cancel out his shit a little bit so maybe it wouldn't work maybe it wouldn't work on her but on Finn, it would totally work. Like, well, why? He did, are you, hang on, he did toss Rai into a tree right at the beginning, right? Yeah, he did. He knocks her out, and then he kind of toys with Finn, and kind of wants to show that he's he's like in control. Well, he's like, "That's my lightsaber." He's like, "Come and get it," and then he just like he gets he actually ends up getting injured in the shoulder from Finn. Like, right, there's no reason to unless he unless you're right and he is force sensitive with but still with no training i felt that it was in keeping with the character because kylo ren is i think almost mortally injured at this point that bowcaster shot which he wasn't expecting Hmm. i think severely injured him but he is going mad like he's turning fully to the dark side at this point Mm-hmm. He's just off. Running on the, rage. Yeah, he's going on rage. And I think that explained why he kept str- hitting himself. Because mm. he was like, his anger was keeping him going. But he should, by all rights, be lying on the floor, like like dying. Mm. And, But he doesn't want, he wants to establish his supremacy and his, his badassery. Like, no, like, I could almost picture in, uh, in his head going like, Vader wouldn't go down from a fucking shot. Like, okay, yeah. Darth, my grandfather would like, ah, he's looking up, down on me, you know, like, I gotta, uh, I gotta be the baddest motherfucker. And not only did he not do the smart thing and force power Finn into the fucking ditch or whatever, or choke him, mm-hmm. but he's kind of trying to bully him. And I think he underestimated. Uh, again, I'm with you. It was a little bit far fetched, mm-hmm. but this is Star Wars. We're talking about, you know. Yeah. When we when we first went into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon in 1977, I'd been asking to get in there for uh, for weeks, uh, uh, but it hadn't. But the paint wasn't dry yet. It wasn't all put together. And when Chewbacca and I first went into the cockpit he wasn't able to get into his seat because he's seven feet what four inches tall yeah. and uh and uh, wearing that costume so the first thing is that they had to shift his seat around <laughs> and he was you'll never see him get into his seat oh, wow. uh in the original film because he can't do it and so, and the second thing that happened uh, that I remember is I asked George, well, uh, okay, now how, uh, how do you drive this thing? And he said, I don't know, just make stuff up, uh, which is what we did. Another question for you. Okay, go. Uh, going into Star Wars lore and stuff, are, I think it's a, it's, it's a thing that, uh, lightsabers don't work 
unless you are force sensitive. And did you notice that it was only those two that used lightsaber? Aside from Kylo Ren, obviously. I don't think that's true. I I I don't know if it's true. I think it's I something think it's in the true. extended universe yeah. thing or something. No, like only they can construct lightsabers. It's part of the Jedi using training. The crystal. And there's something about the crystals that's special, and it's related to the Force. Mm-hmm. But I know that's not an issue because if you'll recall, in Empire, um, Han uses the lightsaber to cut open the Tauntaun. Oh yeah, that's true. And to put uh, uh, Luke inside of it. Mm-hmm. And I thought. They smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> what a real moment. What Maybe real moment. Han was, uh, you know, he had like a... Force sensitive. Could be. Yeah, well... Which which would explain why Kylo is like super powerful. Because he's got it from both sides. Possible. Possible. I don't know. Well, that's the thing is that Some it's Some Star all, Wars geek is like screaming. He's like, screaming right now. He's like, fuck you. You <laughs> fucking you're noobs. About. You fucking noobs. <laughs> Well, you know, at this point, that's the thing, though, is the brilliant, uh, the brilliance of having squashed all of the fan fiction is it's kind of shut nerds up a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Right? I mean, um, I love nerds. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm yeah, not anti-nerd. I love the nerds. I fucking, some of my best friends are nerds. Yeah. I sound like the, like, I'm not racist. Like, yeah. some of my best friends are black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, honestly, I, I love my nerds. I love my geeks. Uh, I'm part nerd geek myself. Hmm. Um same. But I think that was a brilliant move, just because to shut up the the. They'd madness. be analyzing every little thing. And They're like, doing it anyway. Of course, but they, he's like he just took out the source material. The ammo is gone, yeah. right? At this point, anything goes, and I think that was an absolutely brilliant decision. Wh- whether it was Abrams or anyone else, it was a brilliant decision, just from a standpoint of um, giving this a fair chance. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think we agree that it needed to come home first, mm-hmm. right? Because it, it, was, it was abandoned. The prequels left it out in the cold, shivering, unrecognizable, beaten, beaten up beyond recognition. Absolutely. And I think we needed to put it in the back to tank, <laughs> right? <laughs> to replace some of its cut-off limbs and to make it feel like Star Wars again. Mm. Uh, okay, so what about the story itself? Um, did it make sense to you? Yeah, I mean, it's it seemed to tie together very well with the with the older ones. I don't know, like you said, like I I thought like there was a lot of coincidences coincidences, but mm-hmm. that was very much part of the original yeah. series too. Yeah, it was never a it was never a fully rational movie because that that just goes against the whole space opera feel to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. It needs to feel mythical and destiny driven. Um, yeah, for sure. Leia, obviously, uh, Carrie Fisher caught a whole bunch of crap online, apparently, for her appearance. And, I mean, yeah, she did look rough. But did it, bo- did it bother you at all? Not really. I mean, she's supposed to be 60. Right. And, I mean, they, I think they see, I noticed that they CG'd her face a bit. You think that happened? Yeah. It seemed a little bit weird and smooth. Yeah, I could see around her chin. I think they, like, uh, they fixed that. That's really, that's offensive to me. That that bothers me that they did that. Well, I think Carrie Fisher. I mean, granted that women in Hollywood kind of get like a they don't really get a fair yeah. shake. Jesus Christ, no. You know, it's 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 pretty bad. And I know that she had a lot of pressure to to lose like thirty five pounds or or more in preparation for the role. I don't know. I'm I'm a little conflicted because she, I mean she 
partied pretty hard. Yeah. You know, for like the last 30 years. Yeah. And yeah. she looks she looks like she looks the part, you know, nothing against her. So but does Harrison like, Ford, right? <laughs> so does Harrison Ford. And uh, Mark Hamill wasn't looking that great like a, a year or two years ago yeah. either. You know, Until his like miraculous like transformation in the yeah. last year. Yeah. So they all had to get back into shape. Mark yeah. Hamill had to lose a bunch of weight. He's looking pretty trim. Carrie Fisher had to lose a bunch of weight. She looks good. Um, but she does have a bit of like a tattered look to her. Sure. And, you know... I don't think that it really fits in with the character either. Because she was so, like... Like, she would have to be, like, a little bit... Like, it's hard to f- picture Princess Leia, like, letting herself go. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I see what you mean. So, in order for her to look like Leia at 60, rather than Carrie Fisher at 60, they would have to work a little bit of movie magic. Because Carrie yeah. Fisher didn't live her life the way that Leia would right. likely have done. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, it could be. See, if if they go with there, the tale of two Leas, right? It depends on the version you go with, right? If if you decide that Leia, in fact, hung up the spurs and stopped being a like, uh, you know, a beat cop, <laughs> mm-hmm. and stopped running around everywhere and dodging bullets and being an adventure queen or adventure princess, um. Uh, badass sort of rebellion leader then i could accept that she's become like a bit fat and old the way that uh of course a man would have everyone fat gets and fat, and old. fat and old at some age right i For look sure. forward to becoming fat and old i mean harrison ford has a uh, got a belly on him too you know so does yeah. mark hamill yeah that's that's no that's normal that's a normal amount of right. wear and tear but know? i think i think at the end of the day uh in my uh, opinion anyway i think the backlash if there is any regarding her appearance has more to do with what's happened to our culture with beauty obsession and how we've become this artificial kind of hollywood society where the cosmetics uh, are getting so good now that you know before like i remember when i was a kid when someone went gray and dyed their hair it was really obvious mm-hmm. it was really fucking obvious yeah um, but now they've got that shit down to a science, right? So mm-hmm. guys like Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and Johnny Depp and George Clooney, although Clooney's accepted the gray, um, can sort of go on for quite a bit before actually showing cracks, right? Mm-hmm. But these are actors from the seventies, man. Like the, these, they're not. They were part of a culture where it was you could grow old and and fat and whatever. That was kind of your your prize for having made it in Hollywood is you could kind of let yourself go and become kind of uh, uh, Marlon Brando-ish. Mm-hmm. But I think it clashes with the new Hollywood, you know, sexy and uh, looking 25, 35, 45 until you're 70. I'm all for people looking their age. Yeah. I think, I think, that, I, I think it would be weird if they, looked, if they didn't look their age. Right. You know, if, like Brad Pitt doesn't look like he's, what, 55, 60, something like he's that? He's like 50. He's like basically their age. Practically. He's like mm-hmm. maybe 10 years younger. Is he? He's maybe 10 years younger than, yeah, he's not that old. He's from the next generation. After. Is he? Okay. Yeah, no, he's like, uh, I would say Brad Pitt's probably like 50, 51-ish. We can look that up. I'm going to look it up right now. But I, he's certainly not as old. They're They're like near their 70s if they're not in their 70s already. Really? Well, certainly Harrison Ford must be like 67. True. 
or something near nearing 70. Um, but yeah, again, that didn't bother me apart from the fact that <laughs> he looked a little bit lost and <laughs> bewildered. He's 52. Uh, Brad Pitt is. Brad Pitt is. Yes, yeah, 52. Yeah, so uh, he's he's like a good 10, 15 years behind them. Right. Uh, in terms of age. But certainly, uh, I don't even imagine him looking that bad uh, when he hits that age, 67, 70. So, yeah, I think it has to do a lot more with our sort of plastic CG, nobody show any weakness or ne- any cracks in their age. Like, it's not, you can't look good unless you just happen to look good. Mm-hmm. Genetics are, you know, like, a, what's his name in Mad Men? The Roger? Right. Roger Sterling? Mm-hmm. Unless you're one of those silver fox guys or you're some kind of uh, anomaly, uh, hotter, older woman like Helen Mirren or one of those, then you get the like, oh, God, what happened? You're like, age happened, motherfucker. Yeah, seriously. In Hollywood, too, Hmm. where drinking and and, and, and binging and doing whatever the hell else is like a way of life. Yeah. So, okay. So overall, like if on a 10, on a scale of 10, I don't know. How do we rate this? It's definitely a must-see movie, I would Absolutely. say. Absolutely. And right? it definitely feels like a Star Wars movie. I would def- I would 100% agree. Uh, there are cracks in it. There are places where it falls off a little bit and mm-hmm. it feels weird. Maybe these were moments where Abrams was trying to add a dash of himself in there. Maybe. But otherwise, it's, it's recognizable. Very recognizable. And the music is there. Mm-hmm. The sound is there. Um, it, Chewbacca doesn't age. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. I I can't accept that that was an oversight. Just like a gray-haired Chewbacca might be weird. Yeah, like he he was even more disheveled looking in Empire. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he it's almost like I was half expecting at some point to to find out that he was the son of chewbacca yeah it's it's true like he's chewy jr Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the old man bought it like 10 years ago yeah or whatever but yeah chewy seemed actually more spry than he was ever ever been (laughs) has ever been right yeah uh but yeah okay so final nine out of ten nine out of ten i'd give it at least a nine yeah at least a nine okay i would give it a, a solid seven yeah a solid seven uh and uh i mean that like it's a real seven Hmm. Yeah, I came out very satisfied with the with the movie, in, yeah. gener- in general. Yeah, I uh, I feel like it could have been much worse. That's for damn sure. And it has raised some very interesting possibilities for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, can we maybe wrap up on that? Just talk about what we think or what we predictions or feels as to where it's going maybe what the next one episode eight is going to have i think han solo's coming back as a as a cyborg <laughs> jesus christ that would be gruesome <laughs> we had to talk about that earlier too on the break right when we were yeah. talking about the uh, ghoulishness of of uh cging dead actors or like retired yeah mostly dead posthumous actors. appearances yeah gross man well i mean I, I i don't know the actual research on this but clearly it felt like harrison ford was like all right i'll do it fuckers but you kill me off all right I don't yeah no ifs or buts you can bring in a new version of me if you want but mm-hmm. call him something else but han goes that's the deal well there he made 
25 million dollars plus royalties okay like like two percent or something like wow. something crazy uh carrie fisher made 1.25 million plus like 0.5 million in royalties okay if you want any evidence of you know the what difference the in compensation and uh, the two new stars, Finn and Ray, got four hundred and fifty thousand each. Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right because their pays are going to go up now, for sure. And they're part of like the next movies, right? And Harrison Ford, I'm afraid he is not. Yes, so he got a severance package essentially. <laughs> I yeah, possibly. Right, I'd yeah, rather look at it, it that way than a than a wage gap thing. Um, a little and column also, A, like, little column B. Harrison Ford isn't only known for Star Wars, right? Like he's yeah, he's got a huge career. It's true. He hasn't been up to much lately, mm-hmm. but uh, he, but he's seventy three years old. Yeah, but like Blade Runner, uh, you Indiana, know, Jones. Indiana Jones. Uh, you know, he has he has a couple of things under his belt. You for know, sure, he's a venerated, vener- venerated actor. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the guy's uh, you know the guy's not just like Carrie Fisher did that and hasn't really done anything else since. Yeah, what has she been doing? It's nothing, huh? Pretty, uh, just some TV appearances and hmm. nothing major anyway. And Mark Hamill, I mean, he's he's sort of done his thing in the voice acting yeah. realm. Like that's where he's, be, he's, I think that's probably a really good place for someone like that. Because he seemed like he didn't want all the fame mm-hmm. and the high, the marquee stuff. He was a bit typecast in the, in the Luke role. Right. He could, he never did anything again of any note, right? No, but he like reinvented himself as the Joker's voice and mm-hmm. made a huge name for himself in that community. So good for him. Yeah, I certainly okay. Clearly, I got huge feels, huge shivers when he appears at the end. Who? Uh, Mark Hamill. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Right, and he and he looks kind of badass and yeah, conflicted and they stare at each other for too long. That's what I noticed the second time around. They yeah. stare at each other for a really uncomfortable period of time. Yeah. Just like back and it's forth. It's that helicopter and and shot that is weird. Even before the helicopter shot, it's still it's still really it's long. It's a little bit long. Like back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. It's a bit long. It's true. I guess I I see why. Like they don't want him to like utter a word in that movie. Let it sink in. You know, and that way they could keep him off the 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 cast. Right. You know, because that was the whole thing leading up to the movie. It's it like where the fuck is Mark Hamill? He's not in the credits. He's not in the he's not in the credits. He's not on the IMDb. He's not in the poster. Okay. Like everybody was like, oh shit, is Kylo Ren fucking Luke Skywalker? Did he turn to the dark side? You know, there's all these oh cool conspiracies. Uh, yeah. yeah, there was this huge thing. It was really convincing. They how, thought that Kylo Ren was. Uh, well, they were making the point that it could be him because he wasn't on the poster. And then they went shot by shot through Jedi, Return of the Jedi, and showed, like, scientifically, <laughs> as scientifically as you can, God, how, I love nerds. how Luke, like, we thought that Luke uh, resisted and didn't go to the dark side, but they show shot for shot that he did go to the dark side. Okay. And there's, like, there's a bunch of st- um, I mean, Conspiracy I, theories. Yeah. I mean, like, one of them was how he dressed mm-hmm. when he went to go... To Jabba's palace, he was dressed in a black cloak. Right, and he chokes a guard. He was dressed like a Sith, and he's using dark force powers. Yeah, yeah, and which which is something that you never see. The Sith are always in black, and the Jedi are always in brown. Right, and they and the 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 Jedi never use the choke thing. Right, ever That's a dark force power. Yeah, it's dark force power. 
right? Like we've played all the games. You got to choose one <laughs> or the other. Right. Either you get all the lightning and the choking, or you get the healing and the pushing and pulling. You know? Right. So, he, <laughs> <laughs> so he was using he was using that. Um, when like the emperor says like strike me down, he goes for it. He fucking goes for it, man. That's true. Yeah. So like like at every at every turn, he's like go fight your father. He fights your father. Like you know he strike me down. He strikes him down. You know like he he followed the emperor's instructions to the letter. Right. And then and then he says like well I'm not I'm I'm not going to turn. But their their hypothesis was that he had turned. He had turned. Yeah, without necessarily knowing it. Well, you know? either so way, the Ewok party. He still seemed a little bit like forlorn. A little forlorn, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, cool story, bro. Is where I would I would shelf that. I would I would characterize. It that was way. well done. It was well done. I'll I'll send you the link. I'll yeah. put it in the comments. Too. I got to tell you, for for the the few moments that I did get the goosebumps, um, the final confrontation between Kylo Ren um, and uh, Rai definitely in the forest yeah i got a little goosebumpy there which was uh what the search for spock remember the fight between uh christopher lloyd and uh, william shatner on the planet going on the critical? planet that's like uh, oh shit i didn't see the parallels yeah. there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what it reminded me of yeah no i loved the setting uh i thought it was really nice uh, it was cleverly a week. i have had enough, enough of, of you you <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's that, no, that's a classic um yeah no uh, there was that and honestly the the dream sequence when she first feels the call of the force right um specifically the scene that really gave me goosebumps is that shot of either a future or a past um shot of kylo ren surrounded by maybe the knights of ren mm-hmm. maybe this is like okay so this is where i want this to go actually is what I'm hoping to see in episode eight is a they go back to the Kylo Ren story and they give us the full like they tell us what happened, why he left. Right? No, not Kylo Ren as a baby. Uh, you know, <laughs> Kylo Ren as a boy, pod pod racing, none of that bullshit. Uh, but actually, give us at least a glimpse of the rift. Like, who doesn't want to see? Luke Skywalker training new Jedi. Right. Amongst them, Kylo, a young Kylo Ren who's like all down with it and then see where the rift happened. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like they need to address that. Right. I feel like it's such a missed opportunity not to show at least a glimpse of that fractioning because I feel like it's a natural way to start the next movie, mm-hmm. seeing as how they end with uh, Rai finding Luke. And then Luke kind of maybe able to give him a little bit of give her a little bit of a story time to, as to what happened to the Knights of Ren. That has to that has to happen. Um, we need to. We obviously going to get the deal on Snoke and find out who he is and what he's up to and what his motivations are. Right. And how they're going to recover from. Like they have something bigger than the planet killer, the system planet killer. Back, like what else that's kind of the weird thing is like how are they going to top that or they can't possibly build another base that's going to get destroyed because they're almost making fun of that trope in the in this movie yeah 
It can always be destroyed. Of course. Yeah, everyone. Like, they're not even exactly. impressed. They're like, oh, look, it's three times as big as the Dark Death Star. It's a billion times as big Whatever. as the Death Star. They're practically rolling their eyes. Yeah. Right? They're not even, like, there's no sense of dread, like, in the uh, or in the New Hope, where, like, many Bothans died for this information, and this is our one slim chance against an impossible right. uh, death machine. Here's like, ah, it's more, fuck it. They can make it eight times as big. We can blow it up. What's up with these uh, evil guys making spherical death machines? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Weird snow-capped ones, too. Like, they were... That that whole Starkiller thing was weird, especially calling it Starkiller hmm. after the video games, right? Like, that was the... Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if that was a nod to it, but okay, it's a Starkiller, fine. But hmm. they need to clear up very quickly is what I'm saying. What the fuck is that all about? What the First Order is, how big their range is. Like, they need to quantify, I feel, in the next movie, sure. some of these things. And just try a different tactic. Yeah. Stop it with the death machines. Stop it with the planet killers. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> yeah. Although they did destroy, like, five planets or something. Yeah, there was some debate about that, whether if they had destroyed Coruscant or not. Yeah. But I'm not sure. It I, looked like it. That would be weird because it's like it was really footnotey and Cor- Coruscant is supposed to be the central world of... Yeah. And there were no ships defending it and there was no nothing defending Coruscant. Good thing Leia wasn't sitting on the council, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, that one balcony shot of nobody's cannot be the way Coruscant goes out yeah it was very it just passed right by it yeah it felt like, like an afterthought happened. yeah so we need to know what the deal is what the end game is for uh snoke and all this and how he i think we need a bit of an origin story for ren mm-hmm. we need a bit of a backdrop for snoke and i'm trying to get used to that name but it sounds so dumb snoke snoke yeah sounds like a fucking member those uh those underwater smurfs I was going to say Smurfs, too. What do they call the snorkels? Snarks. Yeah. Uh, Snar- snarf- snarks? No. Snarks? They were, they were underwater Smurfs. Underwater they had Smurfs. like a tube at the top of their head. It was nonsense. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Snoke is kind of a... They, the CG bugged me. Did it bug you? Yeah, a little bit. It was a bit of an odd choice, wasn't it? Yeah. He looked like Golem. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the same dude doing it, right? Oh, right. It was uh, fucking Andy Serkis, who's yeah. a billionaire now, but he's condemned to that goddamn mocap suit <laughs> 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 until he, like, no one gives a shit when he does live action stuff. He's going to be buried in a mocap suit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guarantee it. it. Like, yeah, the people are just going to throw little uh, tracker balls into his <laughs> casket as they as <laughs> They're just gonna throw those little little uh, balls in there. <laughs> the guy is no, no guy has ever succeeded and also fucked himself so hard in terms of uh, being stuck doing that shit forever. Um, yeah, so I think some origin is in order. Some credible kind of threat needs to be established as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we say goodbye to Luke. I feel like it's time to say goodbye to Luke in the second one. Yeah, maybe. At, you know, in some form or fashion, they can't keep him going for another decade, can they? Or maybe they'll just they'll kill him off in the third one or something. He'll sacrifice himself or go out in a Yoda type fashion and become oh, yeah. one with the Force. That would that would make sense. That would mirror the originals, right? Yeah, they seem to be doing a lot of mirroring. So, I wonder. You think they're going to touch that? You think they're going to we're going to see any blue ghosts? I don't know. 
I would hope so. You think so? They think what happened so? with the fucking blue ghosts, man? <laughs> blue ghosts, blue ghosts. I mean, that was a central theme. Like, you strike me down and I'll become as more powerful than you can ever imagine. Yeah. So where's where's Obi-Wan's ghost? Well, the mechanics of that were never clearly established. And I think the prequels just made it worse with that. Right. Weird... Forget the prequels. but Okay, I will. I can't. <laughs> as will I. I'll try. It's like forget World War Two. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> or like uh, Brian Posey says, it, it was my Vietnam. It was my Vietnam. <laughs> uh, okay. So, what what would you like to see in the next movie? I think we'll see some guidance from. I'd like to see at least a Yoda ghost. Okay. That'd be cool. I don't want to see Yoda ever again. No. No. I think it'd be cool. I think at least to get some guidance or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like this is now. Because Yoda was there for Luke, and Obi was there for Luke. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe Luke needs to be there for whoever. I like. I I don't want to see Anakin Skywalker. I don't want to see young or old. Either. Oh, that. Yeah. Jesus. So you want to see like Luke riding around on Ray, like you know, with a backpack <laughs> on, her, <laughs> on her back as she runs up and down the fucking hill. <laughs> yeah yeah totally well, that'd be awesome also disturbing um no i think i don't know i I wonder what do you think they have in store for finn what do you think his next movie is i don't know well finn seems to be wait that's weird because they kind of split up the old characters so han solo is basically ray and finn and Poe is Luke Skywalker's flying ability. Yeah. Piloting skills. It's true. Poe was terribly, ridiculously underwritten, wasn't he? Yeah. In fact, I remember reading something that he, I think he wasn't supposed to live oh. past the crash. Which would make more sense. It makes sense, but also makes sense as to why he's absent from the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe they popped him back in at the end because of... Uh, like in the screeners or something, a decision was made late in the game. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, no, this is a hot character. We need to keep him. Because it makes no fucking sense now that you mention it, that he lived from the crash. Yeah. And then he didn't go back to find the droid. He just fucked off to go back to like mission control. Yeah. The whole time he's like, we got to go back to Jakku. And then, oh, and then he delivers his whole survival story in like one quick, like, oh, I landed elsewhere. There was nobody around. So uh, I went home. So I went home. Yeah. Fuck the galaxy. Like, what? How does that make any that sense? That made no sense. You wouldn't even try to find and like complete your mission. It felt like he was. Uh, there was a last minute decision to I put think, him back in. I think that makes a lot of sense because it explained one of the scenes that I hated the most, or one of the bits that I hated the most, which I almost forgot to mention. Can I quickly sure. sandwich this in here? Yeah, do it, man. Okay, one the first saber fight with that random trooper with the force baton. Yeah. What the fuck was that? That was weird traitor like how does he know who the fuck what why do they carry around like a lightsaber nullifier never seen any of these guys ever before Mm -hmm. why is this like ground troop guy randomly not carrying a gun or just just specializing in a double energy bat that he suddenly starts swinging around like some sort of uh, indiana jones bad guy yeah it seemed just jammed in there just it looked cool in the previews but it has no context. It had zero context. That That's what I mean by the second act being a little shaky. Mm-hmm. Is that whole bit with the visit to the canteen. 
mm-hmm. with the best new song ever. <laughs> that song was pretty good. I can't even, I don't remember what it is, but it was like a reggae vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's my new ringtone. It's going to be your new ringtone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it felt really forced. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, incidentally, the second thing I hated came right afterwards when the rebellion shows up, which was really anticlimactic, by the way. When all the X-Wing fighters show up, just like over the yeah. water. And then Finn's like, wow, that must be a really good pilot. That exactly thing. Like he just randomly, that, wow, now that's a good pilot. I was like, whoa, this feels like tacked on like a fucking post-it. Yeah. Uh, glued on to the back, that's to the true. ass. And that was his introduction back into the movie. Right. Like, oh, no oh remember Poe? Yeah. Oh, Poe, right? Poe, uh, Poe. He's the guy. <laughs> Popo with the cool jacket. With the cool jacket. And who disappeared at the beginning of the movie. And is really, really uh, chipper for some reason. Yeah. He's just so happy about everything. He just seems so happy to be And everyone's best friends immediately. Immediately. I know how, like, Finn and, like, they reunite and everything. And it's just, like, they're long-lost lovers or something. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And yeah. Finn and uh, uh, Ray as well. Like, their their friendship just... I don't know. It seemed accelerated. It was the same thing as with the Star Trek uh, stuff between Spock and Kirk. Yeah, well, this where, is what I mean. Like, all of a sudden, we're, okay, we're best friends now. Yay. Right. You know? But this is what I mean by, by uh, this is why I think... No development. Uh, Abram, Abrams can't, uh, is, this is not his forte. And it's not even that I don't think he can do it, but I think he's not interested in it because he's kind of the the crown prince of the YouTube short attention span... Uh, sort of like blah blah blah. Can we get to the action kind of thing? You know, he's he's kind of the the master of that form of short attention span. Right. Let's right? get right back into it. Let's get I mean, right into the into the mix, and we'll explain it later. Yeah. Look. Look at Lost. No time to explain. <laughs> Lost went on forever, and the characters were still hollow as fuck. Yeah. We had all these flashbacks, but we still had no sense. Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. We still had no sense of who they really were. Not at all. And or or really care. Really cared, right? I mean, okay. So let's let's say for a second we join forces with the people who the 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 griping about the fact that this was all fan service. The entire film was just fan service. It was too deeply uh, connected to New Hope. Mm-hmm. When in fact, I thought it was actually like a mishmash of all three movies. Uh, okay. Right. It had the Hothy feel with the snow. Mm-hmm. It had the New Hope with the blowing up the thing, and it was even a little bit of Return of the Jedi feels to it with uh, all the like the multiracial fighting force, everyone pulling together. Right. Little celebration. Yeah, you're at right. The end, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely an homage to the trilogy. Yeah. But, I mean, let's say I address that. Let's say we go with the, okay, well, there's too much fan service. There's too much fan service. Okay. I guess, in a way, if you do remove Han and Leia and Luke and R2 and C-3PO and Vader from the mix, do we still have a movie? I think we do. I think we do. I think... Um, to a certain extent, a couple of things would have had. They would have had to give us another. Like, the motivation of the First Order being just find Luke Skywalker seemed really odd. Hmm. 
why they would be so concerned about a fucking hermit. I can see why Snoke, whoever the hell he is, would be concerned about Skywalker because he knows how dangerous the the Force can be. Uh, if one of one half-assed trained Jedi was able to bring down the whole Galactic Empire, right? Or and one Sith was able to take over the universe, right? Mm-hmm. So I can see his motivation. But okay, so if we remove all of these fan service guys, if we just make this a pure character, we would have needed another reason for the or First Order to want to fuck shit up, mm-hmm. and we would have still made Rise character work if we run into a defector stormtrooper and a rogue pilot yeah i think it still holds up more or less sure right just uh yeah the the connection to kylo ren maybe would have been problematic Mm -hmm. and how they made it to the resistance like getting picked up by By the falcon uh, yeah han solo and right chewie but they already knew where they were going Sort of. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, Wait, it seemed like they knew where they were going for the base. And then Han Solo had other ideas. We're going to go to this cantina. Yeah. That didn't make sense. Which happened to be it. the same planet where the rebel base was on, I think. Was it on the same planet? I think so. Because they all came like across the water. Yeah, that wasn't clear. Yeah, it wasn't clear. Were they on but the I, same I planet? I believe it was the same planet. But then why would he have taken them to the cantina rather than... Just taking them back over there. It was never clear. You're right. It was never clear. That whole thing with weird. the cantina was weird. And yeah. that's what the second part of the film was for me. <clears throat> and um, I felt like the Maz, we call her Maz de Miera, <laughs> the little <laughs> alien. I felt like she was kind of a weird forced female Yoda yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, I'm not clear on what the point was. Like, just that scene where she turns her weird glasses and climbs across and, like, looks at Poe, uh, not Poe, but at uh, Finn. Finn. Mm-hmm. And then you think something's going to come out of it, but then she makes a complete, like, meaningless generalization. Like, uh, yeah, I've seen the face of people before that were blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? Whatever. When you live long enough, you see the eyes of... Same eyes and different people. Same eyes and different people, yeah. So she recognizes Finn in some way, which I think is kind of maybe shadowing to his, like, family. Maybe he's like... Some people were saying, like, he's like Lando's kid or something. Yeah, I I mean, that's the, the racist conclusion to draw is... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. A benignly racist conclusion yeah, to draw. the same color, so... Is yeah. that, oh... One black guy in this world, one black guy in the other world. Maybe they're related. (laughs) You must know. You guys know each other. (laughs) You must know Lando. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't necessarily mind. It would be a hell of a coincidence, like maybe beyond even acceptance. If he was Calrissian's kid. uh, And why the fuck would he have been? Where is Lando, actually? That kind of bugged me. I don't know. Yeah. I wanted to see Billy D. I mean, he's still alive. And he's arguably looking a lot better than uh, the other ones, no? Uh, he's looking pretty rough, but Is he? I'm 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 I was I don't know. We should read up on it and find out what where uh, either they're saving him. I think that might be um, because they've been very shush, very quiet uh, about about uh, Billy D. And there's maybe a couple of. Is there anyone else that's missing from the lore? Like, is it me or was C3PO like completely unnecessary? Yeah, he was just annoying. 
What was that bullshit about his arm being red? Is that because... <laughs> I have no idea. I didn't understand that because I felt like... They didn't explain it. His arm... Didn't Chewbacca pull his arm off like... Wasn't he disassembled in The Empire Strikes Back and carried around? Yeah. yeah. Why was his arm red? I, I, I'm still not clear They didn't explain why. I, mean, I guess it's something that happened more recently because that was 30 years ago. I'm sure they would have switched his arm multiple times since I just, then I, and it was so such a like it just felt like oh shit we have to get this guy in here too because it's a it's a class reunion yeah so we have to give him some bullshit line he yeah. felt very sandwiched in there agreed and useless and r2 as well although at least he had the good sense of just just going be babu boo at the end <laughs> yeah well anyway so i'm definitely looking forward to episode eight Totally. I'm trying to. I'm hoping that they do good things with it. What do you think of these uh, spinoffs they've announced? Uh, yeah. I don't know anything about it. Like you, you mentioned some stuff to me, but I don't. I don't have a lot of info. On I that. don't either. I mean, it's all like I know Han is Solo centric. There is a. I think there's a Han Solo prequel, which I'm worried about. Yeah, who's playing Han Solo? Some young guy, that they found that can probably do a really good impression, but that has never worked out. No. When you're doing an impression of an actor. As opposed to just playing him like you would play him. Can they do it entirely in CGI? Oh, God. But he's like, (laughs) whoever they get to do it is just going to be hamstrung the entire time doing a Harrison Ford impression. Right. So that's the problem I had with Superman Returns as well, is that Mm -hmm. they fucked Brandon Mm Routh in that way. Because he had to do a a fucking Christopher Reeve uh, impression the whole time. Right. As opposed to be himself. So that had to be a mind job. Agreed. There's a, uh, what is it, Rogue One, which is another prequel story about the mercenaries that get the plans to the Death, Death Star. Okay. Which I'm not sure who wants to, who needed to he- see that story. Like, what are the possible stakes? Yeah. Of that movie. We know how that ends. I'm not sure what the, the, the end, like, what's the point of doing this stuff now? If we're trying to move into the new generation. Maybe they're just going to keep trying to come up with different stuff in that universe. Since there's an appetite for it. And there's... Yeah, clearly there is. You know, they're uh, going to keep doing it and see what sticks. My fear is the, with, uh, with the spinoffs and the creating a world is that we're going to start to see degradation. Mm. As obviously something's going to give. Of course. Right? And then the idea of... it's I feel... I can accept a Star Wars movie either being bad or good, but then there being a bunch of them out there and some of them like almost direct to DVD level right? versus epic one. Like it kind of degrades the main product, doesn't it? Well, they've been doing all those games, right? They have had the Force Unleashed and Star Wars Battlefront and mm-hmm. all that stuff. There's been a ton of them. There's even the online one where you yes, kind of like World it. of Warcraft. Yeah. But it's set in... Uh, it's set in the old Republic, so that's a safe playground because okay. it takes place like thousands of years or whatever before the uh, mm-hmm. the movies. The cartoons, there was like uh, Clone, Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Clone Wars was not bad, actually. It was good. It uh, did a lot to repair some of the madness. Mm-hmm. It, it says a lot that it did a better job than the movies. Yeah, it's true. Which suggests that maybe, I mean, there's talk of a series. There was a, a series that almost took off. Um, but really? it was canceled at the last minute about okay. the um, it was about the underworld of the Star Wars universe. It didn't involve Jedis or anything. It involved like the, the, the privateer ships and the mercenaries and the bounty hunters. And um, and I think that may or may not be brought back. It was supposed to be a TV show. 
Okay. So they're, I think they have a lot of options at this point. I just hope they don't go crazy with them. Hmm. Anyway, so listen, Force Awakens, uh, 9 on 10 for you, 7 on 10. Yeah. I think we've uh, thoroughly, thoroughly uh, unraveled. I mean, I feel like once we have guests on, this might become a little sidebar that we do for a little while. (laughs) You know, Uh, I think other people are probably listening to this show right now and going like, fuck, they didn't invite me. Like, (laughs) so I guess maybe on that note, I just like to send a shout out uh, actually regarding a guest that we were supposed to have on this week. Uh, Our good friend, uh, Matthew uh, or Mathieu, if you prefer uh, the Duff man, um, not only did he, could we not unfortunately make it happen, but uh, tragically uh, yesterday, or was it last night? Like a, it was like last early night. this morning. It was early this morning. Yeah, um, so. uh, our our guest, Matthew's um, uh, house, burned to the ground. Um, yeah, he was supposed to be on like the same day. Yeah, he just didn't make it because he was sick la- yesterday. So scheduling like, conflicts. All right, we're gonna do it some other time. Right. And then this morning we wake up to to the news that his house has burned down and he's lost his cats, his belongings, everything. And like, thank God uh, he's alive. Well, I just like to take this time to uh, to say that we're we're fucking glad you're you made it, dude. Like, uh, we're really sorry to hear what what's happened to you. Um, in fact, we're gonna post a link. Um, to this um, GoFundMe GoFundMe uh, sort of campaign that was already doing great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, che- I checked it this morning and it was yeah, it was doing yeah, doing really well. The outpouring of love and and support is already there. But uh, if you listen to the show and if you like what we do here, um, uh, Matthew is a dear friend of ours. He's an old colleague and he's a really really great guy and a huge Star Wars fan. Incidentally, yeah, salt um, of the earth. So He's a great guy. I, I, I think uh, I speak for Richard when I say like we fully dedicate this one to you, Mathieu, and I, we hope that you are okay. And, um, you know, if there's anything you need, like, you know, we're a phone call away. Um, and uh, we're, just, we're just fucking glad you're alive, dude. Absolutely. So <laughs> Holy shit. Keep your chin up, man. And um, this, this episode of Fire in a Hole was, uh, was for you, bro. If you enjoy the Fire in a Hole podcast, um, there's just a couple of really easy ways to make sure that we keep putting them out. Um, and, you know, how can they do that, Richard? Just uh, subscribe on iTunes, uh, leave us a review if you can, and, and rate, and that's the best way you can help out. Yeah, yeah leave, please feel free to leave comments uh, and to interact with us every time you do. Uh, if you make your uh, presence felt, it raises the visibility and the... Uh, presence of our show and uh, we love doing these shows and if you love them let us know how you feel thanks a lot for listening guys